2017, Kevin Zack Sabre Jr. is warming up in the ring and we're hearing the low IQ music of Katsuyori Shibata. What the... Is this a time walk? Have, have we fallen down a time slip? I, if I could go back and want, have one more Shibata match... Katsuyori Shibata's dressed to fight, Kevin. What the hell is going on? I have no idea, but I love it. My pal Joel Yentis has just spit his tea and wet his pants. What? This is a moment. What is this? What the heck is going on? Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Never Open Podcast, the podcast open to everyone, especially Katsuyori S. No, wait, that's too big a spoiler. Uh, K. Shibata. That's it. I nailed it. I am Luke. I am your host of the Never Over podcast. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Mr. Andy. Say hello, Mr. Andy. Hello, Mr. Andy. Hello, Luke. And hello to the listeners and everyone who stuck with us through the whole G1. It's been a long road, but uh, it's finally at an end. And what an ending. We're going to talk about it, uh, you know, nights... uh, 17 and 18, the final two nights of a B block, and also the G1 finals, where we had the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. Oh my God. This is, uh, oh my God, there's some heartbreak in this, isn't there? Oh my ah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you want your feel good story? Yep. Awesome. Here it is. And then, uh, fuck your feel good story because we're going to ruin your night. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So, yes, we're going to cover. The last three nights of the G1, the last night of A Block, B Block, and of course, the final. Uh, We've also got an email, voice email by Mr. Ian. And if you want to contact us with uh, a written email or a voice email, neveropenpod at gmail.com is where you want to do that. Uh, We swear, by the way, be aware of that. Um, Getting all my, uh, my shit in early, Mr. Andy. And if the people want to contact us, you know, interact with us directly, they can do that on the Tweety. I'm at Grumpy2EB. Mr. Guy is at Drusifer Tweets. And collectively, we are at NeverOpenPod. And if you check on the links of all of the podcasts that we post, 
there will be links to our merch store. It's getting up to winter for you guys over in the States, so get yourselves some fucking hoodies. I've got one. They're nice and comfy, and uh, they have the Never Open title logo on it. They're pretty snazzy. And if you're in my area of the world, well, summer's coming up, and you need some T-shirts. So uh, no excuses, everyone. Just buy our shirt. Rah. There we Please. go. Shopkeeping. That would be nice, yeah. We work really hard on the show, and, you know, it'd be cool to, like, get a couple dollars or something, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I'm uh, – we don't have a ton of news that's stuff that is, like, stuff we can talk about before we talk about the shows, but there is one thing that happened that was kind of cool, right? Yeah. Uh, Gabriel Kill – Gabriel Kill, yes, he kills people now. Uh, no, Gabriel Christ. Kid – <laughs> he doesn't kill people. I'm sorry. He's come back. Uh, he had a bit of, um, I guess, mental issues, and he needed to kind of take some time off to get help and see, sort himself out, which he did. So that's pretty awesome. It was on a, a strong taping. So uh, someone kind of leaked that. That's um, like one of the few times I'm like, someone leaked that, really? All right, that's actually pretty cool because I'm glad he's okay. Yes, it was our nemesis podcast that leaked that, by the way. So, but you know, I'm sure they told everybody no filming, but you can't, you can't stop people from filming at uh, pro wrestling shows. And if you are trying to, you're a very silly person. You know yeah. who you are. <laughs> New Japan, no filming, no gifts, nothing. How yeah. dare you enjoy our shit? But yeah, you know, it's funny. I ran into famous gift guy. Caden uh this weekend uh I think it's KVR or something or other on Twitter you guys know who he is if you watch uh New Japan gifts or well wrestling gifts and and he was asking me what I've been watching I was like yeah I've been watching New Japan the G1 he's like oh they still exist fuck them and they're fucking bullshit you know DNR stuff and I was like yeah I understand and that that's upsetting because he loved New Japan well someone apparently brought this to Kevin Kelly's attention and he said uh, he he will speak to people in that area, but uh, I don't think he'll have any luck because, <laughs> dude, this is the same thing that Nintendo does. Like it's just a, it's a Japanese thing, maybe. I I don't know for sure, but I've heard that both Japanese yeah. companies. So yeah. Oh well. But who knows? I, yeah. yeah, I've heard it has something to do with the television rights. Um, laws in Japan or something that they have to do this, but who knows what's true? We don't, and we're not a law podcast. We're a wrestling podcast. That's right. Um, That's... Where we talk about the wrestling. And we're going to talk about some more because look, we got a strong re review by Mr. Yes. Ian. Should we uh, get to that? Then we just uh, max the max out of the fucking last three nights of the G1, baby. Oh, dude, you better believe it. Yeah, okay, so um, we have this guy. His name's Ian. He's uh, smarter than us, and he's <laughs> funnier than me. Um, and uh, he sends in uh, these uh, strong reviews for us. So we'll uh, listen to Ian's strong review for October. Strong review. <laughs> Hi, Luke and Andy. This is Ian with another New Japan Strong Review. It's the second week of Autumn Attack, and we have a loaded four-match card. we got guys from New Japan, guys from Strong, guys from Impact, guys from AEW, and some dickhead from Essex. So let's get into it. I want to address something up top. 
Luke, you're absolutely right that the production on Strong is crap. Less so the sound tonight, but the video is nowhere near the usual New Japan standard. It's not just the low resolution, it's that they make some weird decisions about things like camera placement. For example, they have a great hard camera position. It's offset, so you see the ring at a diagonal, it captures the crowd all around the ring, and it's a fixed position so it takes a good steady shot. They use this hard camera for about 30 seconds of a 90 minute show. Much more often, they use a handheld shot that's trying to do the job of a hard camera, only the guy's way too close so he can't get the whole ring in one shot. I'm used to crappy indie camera work, so I can largely ignore it. But if Limitless Wrestling in Maine have a better hard cam shot than New Japan, something's going wrong. Anyway, on with the show. First up, Alex Coughlin continues his challenge series against Chris Dickinson. I'm pleased to note that Chris Dickinson has grown a moustache out of respect for the resplendent beast on Coughlin's upper lip. This is, as can be expected from these two, a brutal map-based affair with lots of grappling and lots of heavy strikes. After a very even feeling out process at the start, Dickinson takes charge and gets the better of Coughlin in the early going, something which turns around at halfway point when Coughlin pops to his feet and demands that Dickinson hits him harder. From that point onwards, this is strong style of the match. Beautiful strike exchanges, lots of submission attempts from both guys, and a beautiful flying shoulder tackle from Coughlin. It's a late-stage Young Lion match, so we all knew the winner in advance, but this is the closest I've been to believing there would be an upset. Following this, we see the Mega Coaches face off against the West Coast Wrecking Crew, which is a fun clash between a no-nonsense team and an all-nonsense team. It feels like a long time since I've seen Ryusuke Taguchi, and it's good to see him here doing all sorts of fun silly spots, like doing hand signals to Rocky, who clearly doesn't understand them. West Coast Wrecking Crew make fun foils during the comedy parts, and effective bullies during the more serious parts. The match does drag a bit. It's 15 minutes when it could easily have been 7, and I could feel it losing the audience's attention for a little while, but for what this was, it was a perfectly acceptable comedy tag match. The Mega Coaches win, but the loss doesn't hurt their opponents. Third match of the night is El Fantasmo, Taiji Ishimori, Chris Bay and Hikuleo, versus Leo Rush, Juice Robinson, TJP, and Clark Connors. And what an impactful tag team match this is. It's a chaotic multi-man match with everyone getting their stuff in. When Leo Rush faces Chris Bay, it makes me want to see a singles match between them. When Leo Rush faces Hikaleo, it makes me wish they'd spent a little longer rehearsing the spots with him. But that being said, this is a fun faction match. Matthew Raywalt is better at shutting down Kozlov's nonsense on commentary, so generally commentary doesn't fall down any rabbit holes, and it's nice to see El Fantasmo and Ishimori take part in a match without the whole thing being about Fantasmo's loaded boot. The match ends in a DQ when Hikaleo attacks Juice Robinson with a bull rope, so I guess that feud continues. In our main event, Carl Fredericks faces off against Billy Brexit. There's a pretty good video package at the start of this that builds up Fredericks as a big deal, and he tries to wrestle like a big deal from the start, coming in hot and taking the fight to his opponent. However, one of these guys is fresh out of the dojo, and one of these guys is a former world heavyweight champion, and because I know he'd hate to hear me say it again, that's former 
world heavyweight champion. Now, whatever my feelings about Osprey as a person, he is an exceptionally good wrestler. However, it does feel like he's lost half a step or so since his neck injury. There's still a few things he's working out, a couple of spots of rust he's still taking care of. That doesn't stop him being dominant in this match, though. Fredericks lands a beautiful dropkick counter to the Ozcutter as we're heading into the home stretch, and overall looks like he's hanging with Osprey. Obviously he doesn't win, but he does look pretty good in defeat. Post-match, Osprey bullies Fredericks, Connors runs out to help with TJP by his side, and then, in a pretty well-executed twist, we find out that the latest member of the United Empire is Mr. 7 out of 10 himself. TJP has joined up. By my count, with TJP in LA, Hinari in New Zealand, the Aussie Open in the UK, and Cobb and Okan in Japan, the United Empire now has factions in four different continents. Osprey needs to find his way to Nigeria and recruit Power Uti so he can be truly worldwide. All in all, this was a stuffed show, which clocked in at 90 minutes instead of its usual 60. There was a feeling of storyline movement throughout, and as long as they can fix some of the production issues, this touring model for Strong could be just the thing they need to keep the show alive. Thanks guys, and until next time, keep it strong. Alright, so that was Ian's Strong Review. Luke, what say you about the production stuff? Look, I, I didn't watch this week's show that uh, Mr. Ian just covered for us. I know, shock, horror, surprise. But I did watch the previous weeks with Suzuki, Fred Rosser, um, the JY match as well with uh, Mr. Robbie Eagles. And I liked the wrestling in their show, Ren Narita as well with um, Filthy Tom. I liked the wrestling. It was great. But the sound was weird. I could barely hear the crowd. And so might as well have been in the vacuum of space again. Uh, the lights, lighting was not that great, and the camera angles and stuff were pretty shit. So, you know, uh, Mr. Ian's right. If it was just um, some low-budget indie place that doesn't have any money to spend on this kind of stuff, that's what I'd expect, and I'd have zero complaints. But this is New Japan Pro Wrestling. They're one of the bigger companies on the planet, and they couldn't have this shit sorted out. So it really put me off. Like, a bad production values in a company known for decent ones can really make good matches seem a bit shitty so that's hey man if you're gonna wrestle in in dark city you know at least i need like you know Kiefer sutherland sniveling in the corner or like two guys having a mind psionic wizard battle okay can we have like at least those two things yeah (laughs) <laughs> yes indeed i mean come on also we're the united empire i'm like how you're on fucking different countries <laughs> well, did you notice they have a new nickname now it's like it's like unit like I, it was something like like national unit or something weird like that did you catch that well you know maybe well, I, mean, I know there's an imperial unit and he's yeah, awesome so what's okay I don't know, man. That, that I, I think okay. I think that would involve you and I uh, looking into the United Empire, and since we don't like the leader of that group, we're just like, yeah, fuck that. <laughs> but, I like uh, O'Conn. He's good at wrestling. Yeah, I like the uh, other dude, the the unit man. He's pretty decent. They still do they have any juniors? I guess they do now with TJP. Okay, awesome. 
<laughs> Man, I'm pumped. I'm ready. I'm having my first morning coffee, and I'm ready to max some fucking max. Uh, any other news things and tidbits will come up as we talk about the G1 shows. So uh, just a word of warning, everyone. Uh, the last night at A Block, uh, I didn't like it. But after we get over that hurdle, I quite like the last night of B Block, and I like I pretty much like a lot of the final night. There's some things that I don't like, but I don't think anyone likes those things either. So it's all good. I like everything. So there you go. There is balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I am the Sith, and you're the the Jedi with the stuff. Yeah, but they didn't want balance, did they? You know, when that first movie came out, I remember my brother-in-law was like, dude, I'm pretty sure that, like, it's going to turn out that, like, you have to have the Sith and it's really important for them to survive. Otherwise, there is no balance. And the Jedi have fucked the balance up. And I was like, oh, my God, that sounds like an awesome storyline. I can't wait to see that. And then. Oh, do you mean the sequel trilogy? Yeah, instead, what you get is just getting is rehashes of Star Wars shit you've seen before. Yeah. Done bad. But uh, the dude, that, that, those movies, those sequel trilogy movies will probably set me off needlessly about as much as uh, Ibushi Kenta did. <laughs> okay. I mean, I just made a fart noise into the microphone. So, I yeah. mean, that's I how that's... I'm rolling right now. All right. So, we are at the Yokohama <laughs> Budokan. It's not the Nippon Budokan, but it is a Budokan. By the way, a Block gets the Yokohama Budokan. B Block gets the Jam Project and the Nippon Budokan. I'm like, what the hell? What likes the shit on A Block? But let's go. It's uh, Satoshi Kojima versus the Great Okan. This is go- supposed to be uh, Great Okan versus Naito, but he's injured, obviously. And I thought, oh man, we had that banger with Ibushi. And I thought, oh man, are we going to get something that cool with this? And I guess the Great Okan was just like, man, I'm fucking tired. I'm taking it easy against Mr. Fred. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, fair enough. <laughs> it's a short match. Uh, it was 10 minutes. I was hoping at least for 15, but eh, it's all right. Uh, Eliminator and a great Okan wins. Yes, it's a short match, but it serves its purpose. And, you know, I think that we got kind of spoiled with that Ibushi versus uh, Mr. Bread match that was just like out of yeah, nowhere. Great. Like, Hey guys, we're just going to go fucking, you know, tear it down like we can do. And uh, I think that, like you said, I think Okan was kind of like, listen, we're going to do what we're supposed to do and take it easy. Cause my, my body's about to fall apart, um, <laughs> you know, and I need that to like walk around and stuff. So he needs it. By the way, I don't know if you know this, Luke, you probably don't know this, but Okan he posts funny pictures on Instagram, right? A lot right. of them are him posing with things like him. At, he really likes some like anime that appears to be for little girls, but I don't, you know, I'm not judging, you know, I'm just like, it's kind of weird. Cause there's like pictures of him all excited and it's like little girls in this anime and stuff. And I don't know what that's about, but one of the funniest things he posts pictures of is uh, apparently in Japan, they uh, either hire artists to do this or it's just something that, that they do is that the manhole covers for sewers are like beautifully uh, painted. And so he paints right. and posts pictures of those from all over Japan. Um, he also wrestled Mr. Brett. Yes, he did. 
And also that girly anime that he likes, uh, the theme tune is probably done by the Jam Project. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, listen, my favorite anime is Kill La Kill, so I, I'm all, I understand the gr- little girly anime, so I'm not making fun of him for that. I'm just saying it's funny because he looks all mean and he's got his teeth in and his stupid little hat on and he's like holding some picture of little girls in an anime. I don't, it's weird. I don't get it. I have almost close to zero knowledge of anime, so send your anime recommends to uh, neverimpotagmail.com. Uh, all right, so here we go. Our first tournament match of the night. We've got Tomohiro Ishii versus Toriyanu, and uh, the, 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 the commentators kind of pumped me up for a bit of a feel-good story here, and a feel-good story is this is Ishii's uh, third time at getting 10 points. Maybe he'll get 12 this time, and I'm like, oh, that'd be really nice. You know, throw him a fucking bone since he's so fucking awesome. Uh, Then uh, my dreams, as well as Ishii's balls, get punched (laughs) and rolled up. And uh, (laughs) Toriano gets the win over Ishii. It's it's fun, but damn it, commentators. Why are you going to build me up and then going to tear me down? You rickrolled my ass. But uh, yeah, they both end on 10 points. That's a respectable score, mm-hmm. and I think Ishii, I think his best score is probably 12 points, so, I mean, it's not bad, you know? I don't see what the big deal is, but um, I will tell you, <laughs> I will tell you this, is that uh, Yano attacked before the bell with a vicious kick to the shin. My God. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, Ishii, I, I'm surprised he wasn't bleeding, you know, but he wasn't, and uh, and then he tries like all his gimmicks, like immediately, all of them, and none of them work. And Ishii starts just talking shit and beating up on on Yano, and you know Yano's like, oh yeah, well fuck that, and he starts like fighting back, and we get some like actual like strong style like type wrestling stuff. Um, we also get uh, from my notes a brain fest. <laughs> brain fest instead of the brain buster. I, it's a brain fest. Zombie Ishii is going to brain buster. You hold you up in the brain buster position and then turn his head and eat your head. Then sloop it no. to the mat. Here's what, here's what an Ishii brain fest is. It's when he goes to the top rope and does like the, the uh, brain buster from the top rope. That gets oh, yeah. the pin. So right. not, not, not the brain buster he does two seconds later in the ring that gets the pin. It's, it's actually the one from the top rope. So. Dude, everyone knows if you do something from the top rope, it's not as damaging as if you did it from the ground, obviously. <laughs> only only in easy matches. I don't know <laughs> yeah. why. So Dude, funny. It, it still feels weird to me, though, every time uh, I see someone just beat the shit out of Yano because it's just something you don't see often. He gets And Ishii's like sometimes his tag partner, probably his world tag league partner if they're doing that. And, uh, man, he poor guy got chopped. Whoa. It's uh, not, not a common side. All right. Here's a match that kind of, yeah, let's do it. It's Shingo Takagi versus Yujiro mm, Takahashi. And I guess the story of this match is, well, Yujiro's got no chance of winning, but he's, he could spoil you. Uh, I guess uh, he's, he's still in Bullet Club, even though I consider him more a uh, house of torture t- person uh, these days. But even still... Uh, this is the world record or personal best uh, time for Yujiro of the bell ringing and him going straight to the outside. <laughs> breaks all the records for that. And uh, it, it's solid stuff. 
I will say your Giro's had a G1 that's much better than last year's. And it's not just Peter. It has, there's something else. I don't know. He, he, he tried a lot harder this year, big time, I think. So I do appreciate that. I did stop sighing every time I brought his bloody name up. But the ending really annoys me and breaks my heart because I don't get my Shingo story, which I still think it was the best G1 story ever. And uh, Shingo is being held by Yujiro. Uh, he's got a good portion of his body on the ropes, but still 20 count. And Shingo finishes off at 13 points. Uh, Yujiro, I think, at five uh, because of the uh, double count out. So they both kind of, it's a draw, so they get a point each, yeah. Yeah, man, Yujiro out here fucking with top guys. You know what I mean? He's like, I, you believe that shit? I mean, that was his whole plan the whole time. They're like, uh, you know, uh, that was Jay White. Jay White was uh, telling him to do that, you know, and he's also the mole for Jay White in House of Torture. So that's a little <laughs> more, more interesting than what's actually going on. But uh, <laughs> anyway, okay, so a couple things about this. Uh, the opening of the match, like you talked about, is a hot shot. And it's hilarious because Yujiro goes for a dive immediately and just eats shit. It's really funny. <laughs> uh, we also have uh, Peter dressed like a maid. And my favorite maid from a movie is Yvette from Clue. Right. I can't remember, I can't remember off the top of my head any, like, I don't know. Is the maid in Manhattan count? I have no idea. Um, is I'm it sorry. that J-Lo? Well... She's pretty cool, uh, I guess. Jay, I think that's who that is. Yeah. So I, but but can she clean? You know, I mean, that's really because Peter. I mean, I I. <laughs> she cleans up very well. Yes. Yes, I believe that she can clean. I mean, look, at her. <laughs> she could definitely clean. So like, I don't, you know, I mean, can can J Lo clean? I don't know, but I know that Peter can. So uh, that's a thing. And then <laughs> anyway, um, okay. So and then. People were complaining about the fact that uh, Shingo still he had most of his body in the ring. Well, most does not count because this is not you know horseshoes or hand grenades or whatever that joke is. But the point is is that how the rules work, all right, is that if you touch the ropes, if you're in the ropes, if any part of your body is over or under or through the ropes, Canadian style. Uh, that means that you are out of the ring, right? Which is why you right. can't win a, uh, you know, a, a no DQ match by putting someone in the ropes and fucking, you know, breaking their arm in the ropes. You can't do that. You can't, you know, it's because it's not a false count anywhere match because when you're in the ropes, you're out of the ring. Why do you think the ref yells at the person when they're standing on the top rope and says, get down? You can't do that. Why? Why can't he climb on the ropes? Because he's out of the ring. That's why. So uh, it all doesn't matter in the end, but that is 100% true. I don't care what anyone says on t on Twitter. So uh, um, anyway, that's my little rant. Um, and Yvette from Clue. There you go. Fair enough. Uh, I, I will also counter that, Mr. Andy, with uh, no examples because I can't think of any off the top of my head. So, wow, professionalism is my job. But it is always in yeah. oh, forever. Dude. Professionalism is so so my job. We're doing this podcast a second time. Uh, <laughs> we wanted to try it, you know. I mean, we, 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 sometimes we well, got to perfect our shit, right? 
But uh, I, I bet you five dollar dues hypothetical ones that there have been matches where a guy is not completely under the ropes, but the guy refs just like, eh, twenty counts over, we're fine. So hey man, ref discretion is a motherfucker, right? So I mean that yeah. is a fact. Well, red shoes can take his discretion, shine it up real nice like his red shoes, and stick it, rah, candy ass, all that stuff. But uh, <laughs> we'll get into he that. He has to tur- turn that some bitch sideways too. That's you right. That one in, you know. <laughs> I couldn't remember that part for some reason. <laughs> but here we go. We got uh, Zack Saber Jr. versus Tongaloa. A lot of people on the Tweety upset that uh, this match did not have the uh, victory that they wanted and to which I would counter like Zack Sabre Jr. has already beaten the champion. What does he need to weed in the G1 for? Get out of here. Uh, so, uh, you know, that not that what he's wanted the last few G1s he's been in? I just want to beat the champion and then I'm taking the rest of the nights off to get, which means the champion's beating him. So he didn't say it this year. So, oh, maybe he's got a chance of beating the champion. And he did. So, yeah. Uh, I, and plus his tag team champion and World Tag League's coming up. Like, he's busy. He's got things to do. He does. Uh, yeah, so just just chillax, everyone. I wanted Zack Sabre Jr. to win as well, but I don't know. It wasn't going to happen. But he's wrestling Tongaloa. I just spoiled it all for you, everyone. Tongaloa wins. Uh, this starts kind of a little likely for me uh, and all that. But I think it's mostly because... Uh, uh, in this instance, Tongaloa, at least at the start of this match, is Honma, and Zack Sabre Jr. is Sonata, uh, running rings around him. But uh, I will say that if you looked at all of Tongaloa's matches in this G1, I would say the half of half of the first half of all those matches are, dude, I'm not doing all this crazy shit until the second half. I gotta save all my energy. That's where I'm gonna expend it. The second half, first half, yeah, yeah, we're just we're just chilling. We're just Taking it easy. So there is that. Uh, it's also kind of heartbreaking because you know Zack Sabre Jr. is going to lose. And you, I kind of wish that it was against somebody else. Well, I guess everyone deserves to have a big win every now and again, Mr. Andy. I guess, maybe. And it happens. Uh, it's not even an ape shit, which would have been pretty cool. Uh, I can't remember what quite what it was. You'll back me up here. But Zack Sabre Jr. finishes on 12, which is awesome. And Tongaloa's on six. It's fine. Yeah, they're, like, rolling around and, you know, doing, like, roll-ups on each other. And Tongaloa wins that exchange kind of out yeah. of nowhere and out-wrestles Zack Sabre Jr., which is kind of bullshit. But um, I really mm-hmm. like this match. Uh, it's fun because you got... Like Tonga Low at the beginning, he just chucks Zack Sabre Jr. out of the damn ring. <laughs> See you later. Chucks him out of the ring, and <laughs> Zack Sabre Jr. just goes down hard. And Tonga Loa goes out there, and then we get Chumpy just fucking chomping it up. Uh, ref Marty Asami, we call him Ref Chumpy affectionately because he is the master of all the chumps. He is the chumpiest of all. And uh, so he's standing in the ring, right? And you got the two wrestlers out there, and Tongaloa has like a hold on on uh, Zack Saber Jr. and and Ref Chumpy's like, nah, you can't do that, and starts counting to DQ them from the ring. So he counts to four, 
and realizes that they're not listening to me. And so he gets the four and just does the silent five and then just leaves the ring and goes out there. And he tries to count them out on the outside too. And they just ignore him. And then he goes right back in the ring and, <laughs> and just like he does. It's fucking hilarious, man. It, he doesn't know what he's doing. And it's not the last time that that's the case. Now, oh he God. is a great ref. But he's my character. favorite New Japan ref. Yes. I'll just oh, throw sure. it out there. Chumpy rules. And um, <laughs> I just towards the towards the end, there's this amazing thing that happens. Coolest thing I've ever seen Tonga Loa do. He's got uh, Zack Sabre Jr. kind of like trying to do the octopus on him. So he's holding Zack Sabre Jr. up. Then Zack Sabre Jr. is down like he's going to get power bomb, but then he's back up and then he's in the electric chair. Then he's slipping around the back. And all the while, Tongalo is holding him up, doing these power moves, but not killing the guy or dropping him and all this shit. Fucking, I mean, we've we've talked shit about him, you know, being blown up in matches, but dude, you can't do this kind of thing if you're blown up. This was yeah, that's true. This was tremendous. So I I really this is the best Tongalo match I've ever seen. We we pay it. We see him do something. Any of them, any wrestler. If we if we think they stink that night, we'll say it. If we think they were pretty cool, we'll say that too. Yeah. Luke, if we think they are stank nuggets. We'll tell you. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. And uh, look, speaking of things that are uh, partially, only partially stank nuggets, not fully, uh, we have a match that, uh, look, it's Kota Ibushi versus Kenta. And I think everyone's watched a movie or a TV show where something happens in it and you just kind of lose your immersion and you're just like taken completely out of the story. And then you can't really get back into it. Well, this happened for me for Kota Ibushi versus Kenta because it's, it's especially like if you just take this match, maybe three or four years down the line, we'll do a recommend Ibushi Kenta. Uh, but then if you just watch that match without the context of the rest of the night, it's fine. But after Shingo Yujiro and the ending that that match had, this match really took me out of the, out of the story these two men were trying to tell and fucking pissed me off, Mr. Andy, because... There's one moment in the match where there's a 20 count and Ibushi is late and Red Shoe stops counting. And I'm like, fucking, that's 20. All right, that happened the first time. This shit happens in wrestling. It's all good. It's fine. You know, you, you can't just, like, completely give up on, on a, a match after a single botch because otherwise there'd be a lot of matches that you just <laughs> fucking give up on, right? Not people are human. It's fine. But then it happens a second time, Mr. Andy. And I'm just like, what are you doing? What the fuck is this? What What is that? That does not look good after the Shingo Yajiro match. Fucking Kenta won. Kenta is the winner right now, right here. Because Zack Sabre Jr., because he lost to Tonga Loa, he's out. Shingo with his fucking count out, he's out. Uh, now, and it's just... And then the match keeps going, and guess what? Just to cheer me up and bring me back into the match, guess what happens, Mr. Andy? It's the fucking third motherfucking 20 count. And I'm like, are you serious? I'm trying to fucking enjoy you guys killing each other. I can't now. That's three times. I'm just going off and flying off there, and I'm just like, my immersion is completely ruined, and I can't enjoy this anymore. And then Kota Ibushi wins. I'm just like, oh, I know 
that it's a little awkward for me to go Kota Ibushi right now. And it, look, that's fine. Uh, I'm not. Whatever what happened to him is awful, and I wish it hadn't happened. But I'm going to be honest about my feelings of this match, and that in no way I think uh, impacts the finale of the G1 and all that. My opinions on it. But yeah, uh, sometimes my immersion gets broken because you know this isn't a real sport. This is a fucking it's fiction, right? They're telling a story, and uh, yeah, it was not for me, Mr. Andy. I'm so so sorry. Uh, but the good thing about doing a podcast with another person is uh, when the person listening to it is just like, Luke, can you shut the fuck up and uh, have Andy talk? And I'm like, yeah, because here he is. He's got my back. Tell us why, despite those three things that really annoyed me, why this match rules. <laughs> By the way, no one has ever said that. No one has ever been like, Luke, Jesus, would you stop? I want to hear Andy talk. Aw, thanks, man. That is not, that is not a thing. Um, anyway, so, um, okay. I understand what you're saying. You're right. Uh, that's dumb that they did that. I don't care. It didn't bother me at all. And I was shocked to see everyone so angry about it. And, uh, I'll admit it, you know, when everyone is freaking out about something that I don't really see an issue with, you know, I'm an extra not see an issue with it. If that makes any sense, you know, so like me I, and Ava, I, you're going to double down. Yeah. I almost feel like I'm like, yeah, there's absolutely no problem with this whatsoever. But there is. That's not true. <laughs> you know, it's just dumb. But I mean, yeah. is it like, you know, game breaking? You know, is it is it dramatic? And is it a big deal? No. But, you know, I think that um, what your perspective from watching pro wrestling is more like a sports fan where you're kind of like rooting for a certain team. And when your team yeah. loses, you take that personally. And I do that for some guys, but it's, it's, I don't know, man. I don't know. I just don't, I don't care about that part of it. Um, but what I do care about is this match is fucking amazing, right? Uh, it's awesome. And I'm, I'm sorry that a lot of people didn't catch that because they were too busy being angry about like, you know, <laughs> what referees are doing, you know what I mean? So, I mean, here's what is probably going on here, Luke. All right. And I'm going to, I'll try to keep this quick, but. You know, is it probably, you know, we, we know that we got this young ref on, on the, you know, on the, the oh, whatever right. he's, he's on the come up. We got ref chumpy in there. A uh, future bald ref doesn't seem to care that much. He's kind of just yeah. doing his thing. He's happy to be there, but uh red shoes, he's senior ref. He sees what's going on. He's like, you know what? I'm going to bury myself tonight just to show them how to do it properly in New Japan. <laughs> you know, so I think that's what it is. He wanted to bury himself. So that's why he did that three times. Um, So they start the match out with like kickboxing stuff. So like Kenta and Kota Ibushi are doing kickboxing. It's fucking awesome. They go to the outside and they kill each other up against the ring and the barricades. And they really are going hard. Uh, Kenta had said on Twitter that he would win with any hand, uh, and that kind of means by any means necessary. So, like, you know, when you really want to watch something, but it's not, like, available, you know, on Netflix, you might watch it by other means. That's what he's talking about. So, um, uh, he out Matt wrestles Ibushi, which is fucking cool. And then Ibushi's like, hey, man, I'm going to go up here and do that, like, golden triangle flippy do. And uh, Kenta's like, no, I'm going to kick you. And Ibushi plinkos down the turnbuckles, like doop, 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 like hits each one and then hits the mat 
or the you know the corner of the ring apron whatever it's called and falls onto the floor it's fucking awesome um let's see here what else happens here oh yeah because here's another stupid thing about this match that's just like why is that abushi gets uh he's all beat up kenta takes him backstage and then yeah and then he just like tries to get a count out win but it's dumb because we don't see any evidence of anything that happened to abushi backstage so like like yeah when yano does that the guy comes out handcuffed or all taped up or you know wearing a hood and you see oh well something happened back there you know we don't know you know, they they went behind the curtains and tickled each other and giggled for five minutes. We don't, or you know, ten seconds. We don't know. So, <laughs> really um, <laughs> that's fun. So, but they do just awesome pro wrestling. Everyone's all mad. Um, Abushi is really hitting like brutal offense. Like, you know, he's going for a German suplex through a table, but they fight on the apron, and the table's like collapsed on one side, and Abushi like hits a splash off the top rope and it's real safe but the way that it's so close to the guardrails makes it just look so dangerous and crazy and yeah. i was just like well boosie's fucking insane right now like he is insane and i love it and and that's when he's like you know we we have this like finisher extravaganza where everybody's doing finishers and you know boosie's kicking out of everything and then you know, he hits the three comic Goyes to make up for three countouts. And Red Shoes is not happy because he sees that as showing him up a little bit. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, everyone likes this riff, Chumpy. Hold my beer, Chumpy. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you want to see how to jump. I invented chumping, you son of a bitch. That's right. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Actually, and and you're right about... I think it's right. territory again. Yeah, you're right about this, this kind of that sports thing, and you do get like that sometimes. But we haven't felt like that uh, to the point where we're both in agreement of that kind of mentality because our boy uh, Jay White is like, well, where is he? You know, yeah, he's stuck yeah. in America right now. And he can't really get to Japan. Well, I mean, I you know, but last year when he lost. That was still like one of the best matches ever and led to like one of the best promos in pro wrestling history. So uh, like, you yeah. know, it's like even when your favorite guy loses, it's awesome. And that's kind of like why they're your favorite guy sometimes. But anyway, uh, that I, was. Not, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, look, uh, with my how I go about these things, the, the emotional roller coaster, the highs and lows of the yay or the fuck you, what are you doing? Uh it means I love this stuff, so that's awesome. Uh, that's that's kind of how I think about it. So, yeah, if I if I'm just like in the middle, I probably I'm probably not that into it. But if I'm hating some stuff and absolutely loving other things, this kind of product's probably working for me big time. And uh, it you, is. Are you trying to say that I don't like? No. It? You son no. of a bitch. No, but uh, I, I'm saying that uh, I come at it from a Captain Kirk, uh, Bones McCoy perspective, and you're just like, hmm, fascinating perspective. <laughs> All right. So, you know, I always thought that, like, the, the deal is, is that Kirk is like the center. You know, and you got yeah. McCoy on one side. And they're like all the same brain. It's like Herman's head. Remember that show? That's it. Um, yeah. And 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 the ship is Herman, right? So like, but but like to me, it's always that Kirk has to decide 
between those two points of view, which one's the right one where like, you know, McCoy's like, kill them all, let God sort them out, you know? And, and, uh, you know, uh, what, what, you know, Spock is like, uh, indeed. Fascinating. So, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I would say then that you're a little bit more Kirkish because you're not that like cold and logical or anything like that. What? But, uh, and I'm Bones McCoy. Do you mean? Definitely. <laughs> That's. I'm going to cover. Crazy. The last of B Block. Somebody do some thing. I went to space last week. He did. Captain Kirk went Champagne to space. Champagne jam. Yeah, like fucking Run Ronnie Run came along and was like. I'm Roddy Dobbs. Let's do a champagne jam, man. <laughs> All right, man. So we start with a, a pre-show, which I don't know why they couldn't have just had this on the main show. I don't know why they needed a pre-show, uh, but that's fine. We've got, <laughs> I tuned in late for this, so uh serves me around, I guess. But we got Kosai Fujita and Ryohai Iwa versus Abushi and Hiromu. And... Uh, you know, what, what does LIJ do? They just beat the shit out of him, especially Hiromu. <laughs> to the point where uh, I'm I'm envisioning Vegeta and Iwa on their knees, hands and knees backstage, begging Hiromu not to chop them so much and being like, we'll take that power bomb to the outside. You can even move the mat and expose the concrete if you wish. Just please, please don't chop me. Please. And then Hiromu's like, yeah, you're fucked. <laughs> to the point where, like, uh, there's still chop marks and shit uh, in the pre-show of the following night. So, ouchie, ouchie, ouchie. Uh, and I think uh, Hiromi gets the pin here as well, which uh, puts him ahead of C-Block. Submission win with the Brab. Brab. Uh, dur- during this match, uh, Young Lions, they hit that, like, double drop kick, and it's kind of poopy. It's not the best double drop kick ever. And, uh, you know, Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton uh, on commentary all three of these nights. You know, Kevin Kelly's like, oh, my God, Rock and Roll Express. Remember, they, they hit the drop, double drop kick. It's just these guys, too. And, uh, you know, Ricky Morton was in in that, uh, you know, group. And we'll talk about him in a, in a little bit. So. <laughs> all right. So uh, now we start with the main show and – this this part is just wild. <laughs> all right. So we all knew it was happening. For some reason, it's happening tonight and not on the last night of the G1, which is okay. That's fine. But the Jam Project are going to do a live version of Max the Max. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> and then I see all, all of them are in the ring. I expect them up on stage or something. Why are they all in the ring? And where's all the – oh, I thought a band called the Jam Project would – Jam with in instruments. Luke, it's just a project. They're still working <laughs> on that part. <laughs> yeah. So the the music as played in the recorded version plays, and I, admittedly they sing the shit out of this song, and it fucking rules. Uh, so I, I can't I can't front them for that. But it wasn't what I expected. And as I'm, <laughs> I'm watching slash devouring this with my eyeballs. Uh, Charity is on her phone going, what the fuck is this? Like, not in a bad way, but just like, this is, who are these guys? So she's had to listen to this song ad nauseum, uh, you know, throughout the G1 and stuff. And 
and, and I also in general conversation, I'll be like, are you ready to max the max? Uh, come on, real muscle life uh, and, and all that kind of shit. So, <laughs> oh, my God. So uh, she looked them up and the Jam Project are a band that started about 21 years ago and they don't do albums or really tour or anything like that. What they do is theme tunes to animes. That's it. Just theme tunes. That's all they do. And and they kind of look like a boy band, but but they're a 21-year-old boy band. So they're a boy band that's older than most of the boys in boy bands. So uh, there is that. Uh, having said, yes. so having half praised them and half slagged them off, uh, I actually kind of love this. So I'll shut up. <laughs> Well, it's awesome in yeah. the goofiest way possible. And, like, New Japan knows about this goofy bullshit. I mean, they are all about it. They, I mean, you know, evil. Look at evil. Come on. You know, look at there's look at Tai Chi. There's some goofy-ass shit going on in New Japan. Oh, yeah. And most of it is very silly. And so, like, this is very silly, but in a fun way, you know, and in a in a like harmless way that's okay to be like, wow, this is goofy as fuck. But what's fun about these guys, like you said, they are they don't look like they're young. However, they're dressed very young. They kind of look remind me of like Carson Daly or something like that, you know, or 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 as a, a smart wrestling fan, they call him football head. That guy dresses like he's a 12 year old, but he's, you know, 30 or 40 <laughs> or whatever he is. But uh anyway, um, <laughs> these guys remind me of anime characters when they're singing like they would be posing like maybe kicking and you know they're not moving but the background's moving behind them like real fast you know and yeah, they're singing yeah. max the max and maybe the words max the max are popping up on the screen and shit like that you know that's kind of what i'm imagining while this is going on we also are getting the extended like radio edit version of max the max with with uh more lyrics and you don't know uh, we have obtained through our, you know, our sources, we have obtained the uh, translated lyrics to Max the Max, and you're not sure yes. when those are going to show up, folks. You know, yeah. You're not sure. we, we're we, had, it, so. we had plans for a couple silly little tidbits for this show. Uh, then the uh, main event to the G1 happens, and <laughs> when we, as soon as we got in touch with each other, we're like, uh, maybe we shouldn't do all these skits and stuff, and, and we will both in agreement on that. So yes, uh, I, I've not finished maxing the max, and I don't think Mr. Guy has either. So no, just because the we, G1's over, you think tomorrow I'm not going to get up and like fucking max the shit out of the max? Yeah. Come on, fighting with the real sword. Yeah, I bought, I ordered several real swords. They're in the <laughs> okay. Well, uh, hopefully there's no immortals in the postal service. They go, what does he need more sorts for? Hmm, I'm going to take his head. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was pretty awesome. And there's a Highlander reference. I, I managed to squeeze one in. And we have our first tournament match, which which uh, might be my least favorite match of the night. I don't know. Just like sometimes when you see two big guys wrestle, um, you think it should click better than it does. And it didn't really move the needle for me. Um, this is Chase Owens, uh, the Jewel Dude versus uh, Yoshi Hashi, and here's my note. I'd like Meeks kind of saying there would have been a bit more drama in B Block if the points were spread out a little more, but I don't know. I've seemed to have softened on that because I just kind of like Jeff Cobb so much, so I'll shut up about that. But <laughs> uh, and it's also me going like, 
none of these matches matter except the final match. And I think all of the wrestlers in all of these matches knew that and thought, we're going to fucking tell awesome stories and be super awesome tonight. And they pretty much were. This one's really short, by the way. I don't think it broke 10 minutes, believe it or not. Uh, so uh, there is that. That's a saving grace, especially for someone like uh, you, Mr. Andy, who's just like, oh, fuck both of these guys. And I'm just like, well, I like one of them. Like, they're so short. Uh, look, you know it's G1 season. You know, it's eight minutes, 25 seconds or something like that. But, like, but this is the must be the world record for shortest amount of time it's taken Yoshihashi to put on the karma. Holy shit. Uh, because they, what a you know, stat. Yeah, that suck one on, move. Suck on that, Chris Samsa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Chris Samsa. Uh, but uh, he actually hits his finishing move, Karma, which is actually a, just a normal move that uh, Pentagon does like every week <laughs> without any hassle at all. But uh, yeah, Karma and Yoshihashi beats uh, the Jewel Dude, which makes me happy. Uh, and we've got Yoshi on six and Chase finishes up on four. It's solid, but every other match on the card is fucking awesome. Uh, and this one is just uh, short and okay. It's true. Um, yeah, so in this match, um, we have Kevin Kelly mentioning that Chase Owens was trained by Ricky Morton. Um, <laughs> so I was so enamored by this match that I want to tell you a crazy story about the time I met Ricky Morton. So um, I went to this kind of like shindy type place uh, near where I live. And uh, it, it it was taking place in like one of these like places you might rent out for like a, a wedding or something. Right. And so there's uh, like yeah. there's there's two ballrooms, basically. And one of the ballrooms has wrestling in it. The other one has that band Green Jello, you know, little pig, little pig, let me in. <laughs> So, so them, they're next door playing, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's weird. Uh, that's a band. There's some like confusion over the ticket prices, we were overcharged, and that's a whole other story. But, um, anyway, I'm and I see we walk in finally. We see the first person I see is Ricky Morton, he walks right up to me, and he's like, oh man, hey, how you doing, guys? are like, great. Like, like he's known me for years and he grabs me by the hand to shake my hand and he just kind of like holds on. And it's almost like your grandma at like, you know, Thanksgiving dinner, you know, she's not going to let go of you. Cause then you might walk away, you know? And so like, that's kind of <laughs> what I think's going on. Or um, I'm thinking that, or I'm also thinking this might just be some old school trick that like <laughs> workers do to sell t-shirts. They just grab you and say, Oh man, how you doing? I saw you at that last. It's so great to see you again. What size are you? You know? Okay. A large, okay, that's twenty dollars. You know, like that that kind of thing, which uh, yeah. wrestlers do, and it works. Um, but that's not what's going on. Finally, I kind of like start to pull my hand away, and I'm like, "Hey, man, what, are you okay? Is everything all right?" And he's like, "He's like, yeah, you know, to be honest, I just farted over there, and I wanted you guys not to smell it, because it smelled pretty bad." And I was like, <laughs> "Well, thank you, uh, Ricky Morton." And at that moment, I did smell a little bit of Ricky Morton's fart and it didn't smell good. He was not lying. Also that night I saw Brian Pillman jr. Wrestle Adam Rose. So, um, wow. that was a weird night. Dude. Do you reckon you were over? What do you reckon the prices for your wrestling show were uh, more expensive than green jello or cheaper? 
Because after after they sing the Red Red Riding Hood song, you're just like, uh, just I don't know, play that a couple more times and fuck off. Like, good. Well, I mean, there that's definitely the last song, right? That's like the encore. They're not playing that shit, so you make them come back. Which, by the way, aren't encores the stupidest thing? Like, unless it's a legit encore, like like the crowd will not stop cheering until people come back out. That's cool. Like have automatically having an encore kind of fucked up. Look, don't like you, it. We know you need a five minute break and have some water. Just go have your yeah. break. Yes, man. <laughs> I mean, I don't see what the big deal is. Yeah, put a, a second like little intermission in. Anyway, um, this match is fine. Is there like another match though? There's oh, like another one that's really good next, right? Yeah, yeah. So you sent me a message about this straight away, going, dude, when these two are uh, in singles together, it's it's fucking awesome and i know i've seen these two wrestle singles before because they've both i've seen them in j runs before but i couldn't remember it at all but uh well hot damn you were right dude because this match just is just hot for me for from start to finish like all out awesome hot hitting shit this is the kind of stuff that i kind of go nuts for and uh goto can really bring that kind of style and make me go fuck yeah sometimes uh but for this <laughs> hey uh i don't i don't dislike him to the, the extent that you do but he's just you know that simpsons quote of all the crazy schemes you've had homer this one's somewhere in the middle uh, <laughs> that's hiroki goto for me in terms of like oh yeah that's fair that's he's fair. just somewhere in the middle uh, he's so average goto. isn't he i mean yeah, like that's yeah. the thing about goto is that like He's so, bleh, you know, and like, that's the thing is that I like only in matches like this, where he has someone who is like peanut butter to his jelly. Do, does he like step up and have these amazing matches? So, yeah, yeah, the man, they both work their asses off and I've said it a few times. And I'm going to say it again, because it's worth saying that uh, DVD bomb, the SRC it's called and the Supreme flow that, uh, uh, DVD slash splash combo that Tamatong is doing is one of my favorite things, and I'm loving it. The, the, uh, he's he's the best of uh, of uh, Ming's sons for sure, Ming. Uh, um, for sure, but hands down, like he's got the charisma down, and it feels like he pays attention in wrestling school. Uh, so there is. <laughs> There is that, uh, but you you were right. Like the chemistry between these two men is off the charts, off the charts to the point where they you get that feeling that they know each other so well that they can't hit their finishes on each other properly. They they just know how to weasel way out of it. So Goto just kind of rolls Tamatonga up and and gets the pin. So Goto on six, which must really please you, and uh, well, we're not please you as much as like four no, or two or zero zero <laughs> but tabatonga is also on six but uh his score does not reflect his g1 uh he had a fucking amazing this is the best tabatonga i've ever seen in this g1 well yeah i mean there's something to be said for that i mean he's had a tremendous g1 and like i think in the spots where he had to step up like the most he did like like yeah. And then some. And so, like, situation like this where he didn't necessarily have to step up, but he knew. I mean, this, you know, it's a G1 match. Everybody's out there trying to tear it up on the G1 matches. It's just the way it is. And so, these guys tear it up, man. Um, 
you had mentioned that this match was like real fast and like didn't slow down at all. And you're right, sort of, because like the action is never slow unless they're in a hold for like 30 seconds or less. They'll be like in a hold for 30 seconds and they do this big long flurry of ridiculously fast offense. And those little sections where they slow it down are just to give the crowd like room to breathe, you know what I mean? And like mm. themselves room to breathe. It's like, it's really good. And uh, I'm the thing that is like, kind of like tickles my fancy the most is that I love run of the rope shit. That's my shit. That's my favorite thing ever. And like, so when guys run the ropes, I am very happy about it. You usually don't hear me talk about it much because in new Japan matches, they almost always do it. So I'll usually only talk about it when it's excellent or if it's like absent. So in this case, it's excellent. And it almost encapsulates the entire match, meaning every series of moves that they do involves running the ropes at least a little bit, whether it's changing direction to start the action, leaning into the ropes to start the action, actually doing a universal spot with a bunch of other shit involved. They do all that kind of stuff. It's incredible. And they do all the moves. Um, yep. I, I do. I am a little offended uh, that Goto prays during his matches. You know, I don't know. <laughs> it's just offensive to me. So um, <laughs> I don't. It's know like uh, it's like church and state. Keep keep that yeah. religion out of my wrestling. Right. I say that now, except <laughs> like one of my favorite things in AEW right now is Miro, uh, and he's very much uh, I love God, 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 every second word. But uh, wow. Yeah. You know, yeah. if I were him, I'd probably believe in God too. You know, so uh, <laughs> there's a good chance. Um, yeah. but, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> anyway, this match, this match is fucking awesome. Uh, you definitely want to watch this if you haven't. And if you really like this, go back and watch their uh, G1 matches from 2015 and 2016, I believe. They're both tremendous. And I think there's maybe even a third one in there. Sweet. All right, so one of them might be a DQ because uh, that was Tama that year. But <laughs> <laughs> well, they faced each other not that long ago, and I can't. I think it was during that whole thing where they were feuding with Chaos. Uh, God was feuding with Chaos, and they were si doing singles matches to set up the tag matches. And I don't think it was very good because it was Tama just only being a heel and not doing anything cool. So you're not wrong because like, that's one of the reasons why people forgotten how good this match is, is because of that match. So where yeah. they just kind of, it wasn't what you wanted, you know? So speaking of uh, awesome shit, that is awesome. Oh my God. Uh, here we go. we got Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Taichi and you've, you've been watching new Japan wrestling longer than I have, but, you know, even from when I started in 2017, I mean, midway through 2017, it was Tai Chi Go Home. Like, this guy, just fuck, fuck off. And for me, watching a very polite, though sometimes around, you know, Japanese crowd, I was just like, wow, I don't expect such fucking rudeness from, from them. <laughs> wow, they really must hate this motherfucker. Like, what? So we've gone from that to the final night of B-Block in the G1 and... Hiroshi Tanahashi is wrestling mega heel for Tai Chi, and the crowd loves that shit. Wow, what a what a transition from where he was to where he is now. That is so freaking awesome. And 
I must think to myself, like, Tanahashi must have been like, I don't care if you're a face. I remember you going after my legs every fucking match, so I'm going after your For real. For real, dude. (laughs) But Tanahashi is super uh, heel. He goes after Tai Chi's ribs big time when it comes with punches, uh, sentons, rails, everything. Uh, uh, JTO, anything, just to kind of put the pressure on those ribs and just make... Tai Chi suffer and Tai Chi has to kind of power back from that. But his move set has been taken. He can't hit Black Mephisto. He, he, his kicks don't have this, the the usual stanky shine that they you want to like to get him right in the mush. Uh, so how's he going to actually pull this out? And this is about him showing his kind of like fighting spirit. And then all right, well he can't win with his. Black Mephisto move. So what else has he got? Yep, you guessed it. That Gato clutch pin. Oh, I thought you were going to say a Jaguar. <laughs> I don't know why you thought that. But that is Prince Puma's spirit animal, of course. Uh, <laughs> and Gato clutch. And Tai Chi pins Hiroshi Tanahashi. This was amazing. This is amazing and also kind of typical wrestling. You've got jerk heel and awesome baby face you want to win just great storytelling i loved it it's this yeah. is the best tai chi match i think you know i'm not sure it could be the best tai chi match it's fucking amazing okay so something you mentioned uh is interesting um we've talked about it many times the situational alignment in uh, new japan and yeah. you're talking about how uh you know Tanahashi is heel here, but he's got a fucking good reason to be heel. So it doesn't turn him heel. You know what I mean? Only just for this match. And that is that, yes, Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. tortured Tanahashi all year last year. So, I mean, they killed him like over and over again every day for like two months. They just killed him. So, of course, he's got a legit reason to be pissed. And um, he also has so many braids in his hair that that does turn you heel so (laughs) so um the braids are out of control we thought he was back from his tour weeks ago but um anyway so obviously it's tai chi hurt you know and he's the underdog and we had some really cool things that i observed during this match that new japan did production wise to emphasize that one of the things that they did is that uh miho was very close to a microphone. They had a boom person like right next to her or something because you could mm. hear her cheering on Tai Chi and you could hear the stress, the distress in her voice as she saw Tai Chi suffer. And the other thing they paired that with that made it even more babyface was that, um, you know, getting all the heat on Tai Chi. Like, look how, I mean, you know, it's it's just, we feel sorry for him so much in this match because of what Tanahashi's doing to him. It's insane, but we got camera shots that are almost from the point of view of Miho. So we hear her voice. We see her face a little bit, but we're we're seeing her hands reaching out to Tai Chi, you know, cheering him on, telling him not to give up as Tai Chi suffers. And Tanahashi stands proudly over top of him like, fuck you, dude. It's just, I mean, I don't see how wrestling gets any better than that. I mean, this is just fucking amazing. And, you know, the fact that Tai Chi wins in the end, which is it's just such a cool deal. I mean, if this is the blow off 
to a old school feud in Memphis where uh, Tanahashi has been torturing Taichi for, for a month. And this is the blow off. This is a tremendous blow off. If yeah. it's just some match in the G1, it's a fucking tremendous match in the G1. That's one of the best things. I don't think I've ever talked about that on the show is that in New Japan does this really well is that telling stories that are like micro and macro, if that makes any sense. So like, like they have this story that could be taken as a self encapsulated story that's going on in this match. Taichi's hurt. He has to overcome the pain. Right. Um, and, and Tanahashi's a dick, but there's the overarching story of their feud against each other over the years. And it's just, that's that like different levels of storytelling and, and volumes of storytelling within the same story. I mean, that's some top-notch shit. I oh, love this. Yeah. It's awesome. Hell, hell yeah. I mean, Tanahashi sees Taichi's taped up, and he's like, you motherfucker, you're going to get it now. Yeah. <laughs> that's so Kevin good. Kelly, you got Kevin Kelly saying stuff like, too, like, you know, well, this is what Tanahashi has to do. He has to win this match. So he has to fuck with Taichi's ribs as much as possible. Right, Kevin Kelly? <laughs> that's great but that's just great he's he's a, he's a baby face so he's making an excuse for the other baby face that's, that's great right. i love it he won't be making <laughs> an excuse for uh, my boy in the next match though which no. for some reason i must have been so on a high from this match that i just like sat there and watched the next match and didn't even write notes for it because i feel stupid but it is sonata versus evil so i thought all right I've had my feel-good moments. You know, I've had my awesome matches and stuff. All right, it's time for Sonata and Okada to win. Fine. And Sonata loses. I'm like, yes! So last <laughs> match made me jump out of my seat with happiness, and uh, this match does too, especially because Evil wins. And he uh, he uh, makes up for last year. You know, he rewrites that wrong from last year of uh, Sonata beating him and winning the block. And uh, this is... I guess kind of the opposite, like uh, of the previous match, where it, uh, you know, what, at least in terms of who wins, uh, you got Sonata getting his freaking ass kicked by Evil and and Dick Togo, all the cheaty shenanigans and that kind of stuff, and it, it's solid. I liked it a lot, uh, but I didn't write notes on it. So rather than just continue on, I will just be like, uh, Mr. Andy, can you save me here because I'm a stupid. Yes. Um, so something about what you just said that is interesting. What, one of the things that makes this match different, even though it's a similar story in the last match is Sonata doesn't sell. So because he doesn't sell, this is a totally different story. You know what yeah. I mean? But because Taichi's whole thing now is like, he sells like he's the best. Taichi's my favorite. Can we just talk about him the rest of the night? <laughs> Please. I love Taichi. Uh. I know there's a couple other wrestlers you, you might want to talk about, uh, right. especially the last night. So, so now we're talking about Tai Chi versus Tai Chi. All right. So, uh, <laughs> no. All right. So, Evil at the beginning of this match, Evil pulls a, a, a hilarious uh, uh, heel gag where he's like, "I this match means nothing," and the That's crowd's right. like, "Yeah." They're like, "Oh, really? You do you think maybe you're not going to wrestle them?" Like that's kind of what, what what the crowd that hates Evil's thinking, and yeah. Twitter's like. You know, I could see people tweeting, but they're not saying anything yet. You know, and and uh, and so you know, so then he uh, evil he grabs the ring bell uh, gavel and he hits the <laughs> uh, the bell over and over again, and he says the match is over, and he tries to leave, and like everyone's like, oh sweet, 
we don't have to watch an evil match. Now, I like evil, but I'm just saying what other people are thinking. Mm. And uh, Sonata's like, oh, no, I'm heel. So he runs out and grabs uh, <laughs> grabs uh, evil and makes everyone watch an evil match and turns himself heel. So um, evil uses cheat style and Sonata uses, uh, you know, cool comebacks. And um, we get a double paradise lock and uh, Kevin Kelly suggests... I don't know. Maybe it was Jay on Twitter. She suggested they should leave Dick Togo in the Paradise Lock. And I think that would be hilarious if he was in the Paradise Lock in the corner and they just wrestled a 10-minute match while he was in the ring, just stuck like that. That'd be really funny. Um, you could also have that move broken up by uh, shoving Chumpy into Dick Togo, yes. which breaks up the Paradise Lock. We need that. We need that. Like, like a three-stage chump bump into the fucking Paradise, the paradise Lock. Paradise Lock Togo. Yeah. Okay, we can't do that. And and maybe when Dick Togo falls out of the ring from the Paradise Lock, he runs into the guardrail and that knocks Abe over too. So we got, <laughs> we can, I mean, this this could be a Rube Goldberg machine of uh, heel shenanigans. So, um, <laughs> and by the time has... Dick Togo turns around, Evil's got his arm out ready for the chain abdominal abdominal stretch. Like, right. <laughs> oh my God, funny. Okay, so this match has tremendous timing. I don't understand why people don't like it, honestly. I get if they're sick of evil, but this match is good, regardless of whether you like him or not. I, I thought yeah. it was really fun. They had this awesome magic killer attempt thing where they're like, they're involving the ref, but then the ref's not involved, but then he is, but then somebody gets kicked out of the chain of three people, but then Dick Togo's in there, but then he ends up giving the magic killer with Sonata to evil. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> so it's like, it's the best thing ever. It reminds me of the spot, which, you know, I think Yano's done this a few times where somebody, some bad guy pulls out handcuffs and he's like, Oh yeah, I'm going to handcuff the guy holding him in the air, showing him the crowd. And then while he's handcuffing him, he's not paying attention. And then the good guy walks away and the bad guy handcuffed himself to the rails. You know, that's, that's kind of, <laughs> like what the spot was i like that it's funny anyway um we had chair shenanigans and evil wins low blows all kinds of stuff like that fun stuff but after the match he starts killing sonata with the garage and shingo is down there on commentary and he stands up and he puts his hands on his hips like he's he's your grandma and he and she <laughs> caught you and you know like uh stealing the cookies or something and she's like don't you do that shaking her finger but the other hand's on the hip so hands on hip Shingo is a thing. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, you know, don't just use the past heart part part of the name. You've got to use the full name when you're telling them off. Uh, I, I have to say, like, I love how Evil's booked. He wins enough to make him credible. And then when he loses, it's comeuppance. And everyone on the tweet is just like, oh, finally. Like, just look at the re awesome reactions that of Evil losing against Jeff Cobb. Okay. Like everyone how, that stuff. how can a bad guy be a heel without cheating? He can't. You can't. Why can't be he a cheat more like Kenta? More right. Because... So like, well, no, they hate that too. So like, I I don't understand. If you've watched pro wrestling and don't like cheating, how do you watch pro wrestling? Like, how do you watch it? Because <laughs> yes. that's like in it's in all pro wrestling. Like, how how is that something? That you're... <laughs> I. I I don't know. It's like it's like, man, I love McDonald's burgers, but I just don't like burger at all. I don't like hamburger, you know, and I just go and get it without, uh, you know, every time I choke it down. But I hate the burger part, you know, like why? I don't. But whatever. It, it, it's, it's like, oh, he does the same thing every time. And I'm just like, well, 
That's every wrestler. Every wrestler. Yeah, they, all, they all do that. Don't don't look too close, folks, because they, they <laughs> all do that. <laughs> yeah. You and I love Ishii, but you and I both know, and you've you've said it a few times, like this is an Ishii match, and I know exactly what you mean when you say that. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, so I'm probably going to surprise some listeners here, and I, I think I might have surprised you uh, when this aired as well, because this is Kuzushko Okada versus Jeff Cobb, and uh, I guess the surprise here is I thought this match was fucking awesome. <gasps> yeah. Uh, this is my favorite Okada match in, in the G1. It might have been overshadowed by another match, but um, alas, something awful happens. But uh, I... Look, I'm watching this match, and it feels like it just goes from start and all the way to the end. And Okada matches don't typically do that. And I'm I'm sitting there just thinking to myself, it, it feels to me like Jeff Cobb tickles some part of the creativity in Okada's wrestle brain. Like, this is a guy he hasn't wrestled a million times uh, or beaten a billion times as well. This is a guy who kind of challenges him because he's got a different size and stature and do different things and all that kind of stuff. So I reckon um, Jeff, uh, Jessica Ricardo, I, I don't know if it's just sure, it, just the vibe I get is that he kind of really likes wrestling Jeff Cobb, and I thought it showed. This is the best match they've had together of the three they've had this year. Um, I think the more matches they have against each other, the better they get, actually. So, yeah, I thought this was awesome. Uh I guess Cobb doesn't really need to win because they've made him look uh, amazing and he's not really the leader of his faction. The leader actually has a uh, you know, fake copy of the unified title. So I guess they're going a different way and he's going to be busy with the World Tag League and Greater Khan maybe. So, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd already set myself up for Okada winning because that's your prediction. No story involved. You're just like Okada all the way. So, yeah, um, I thought it was great. Uh, I can't, I can't shit on it. He might not be my favorite guy, but you know, if I see him do a match that's to my taste and all that kind of stuff, I'm gonna praise the shit out of it. And I think I just did. I mean, there's still some shit in there, so like, he, didn't praise, <laughs> he didn't praise all the shit out of it. But yeah, this match is <laughs> this match is awesome. You know, it's it's fucking as good as it's gonna be. You got like you know main event Okada. And you know he's there because he does a scary, like, over-the-top rope tope, con hero! And after that, he does a huge missile drop kick off the top rope that is just fucking insane. Um, Jeff Cobb gets kind of the pop of the match, though, because he does this thing where he picks up, he's like, they're doing all kinds of counters and crazy shit, and Jeff Cobb's like, no, I'm hitting a tombstone. And then he stays in the tombstone position, and gets back to his feet and hits a twisting, jumping tombstone. And the crowd's like, wow. And it's Hell, fucking yes. that was awesome. Gnarly. So we, if you go back in the anals of this show, you'll find uh, that shit we were talking about earlier that's still in there. But you'll also find a episode where we discuss this storyline with uh, Jeff Cobb and Okada. And we're talking about how, like, oh, yeah, so... You know, Kata, he couldn't beat him. Uh, you know, the only way he's been able to beat Jeff Cobb is with, uh, you know, that roll-up thing. The money clip doesn't work. He hasn't been able to hit him with the uh, Rainmaker at all. So, you know, it must be that Okada's going to win with the Rainmaker in the G1. So we called the finish to this match 
way back when. So every once in a while we say something smart, um, blind <laughs> squirrel, you know, that thing. Uh, but I, I, <laughs> I really like Jeff Cobb's counter, the Rainmaker maker, this like giant diving headbutt thing. Um, it's fucking, it's just good. I don't know. And, and my question to you is, and was, is do, is this better than the Shingo, uh, Cobb match from Wrestle Kingdom? You know, we've kind of identified that as like the measuring stick stick match for Cobb matches in new Japan. Cause that's his best match so far. Is this better? Cause I mean, it's, if it's, it's not better, it's real close. Right. Cause this shit yeah. is amazing. It's it's really close for me. Uh, I think uh, I'm I'm totally biased, but uh, that Shingo match had also had the added bonus of uh, being a match for my favorite title in New Japan. So yes. uh, that's definitely so I'm, I'm a little biased there, but I would say this match is uh, yeah maybe just as good. It was it blew me away, and you you know me, you've had to listen to a lot of it. Me going, oh I can't fuck this guy. Uh, I mm-hmm. could not say that this match fucking ruled that's all so what if we like i this is a very marky mark of me here but uh what i mean like don't you want a triple threat these three guys i mean like isn't that what you want i mean like yeah but then that would be triple threats very often in japan this would be a great opportunity to do it and it be like something that the fans want because a lot of times they do a triple threat and it's it's because they can't give you what the fans want. So like in this case, it would be kind of like, okay, that's neat. I don't know. I kind of would dig that. Yeah. Would you mean uh, Jeff Cobb versus Shingo versus Okada? Yes. That's what I mean. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> Hook that up to my veins. I also said, I really liked the intensity of this Okada. Like it, like it felt to me like, um, uh, I'm the best champion ever Okada which is probably not an intensity yeah. you can bring all the time, every time, but it's the version of a cutter I like the most. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't want him to yeah, kill well, himself for me. <laughs> but That's I, what I, mean, I said, because like, you're well. like, you're like, yeah, why don't we get this Okada every time? And I was like, because I don't think that's, you can't. That's not a good idea. <laughs> He'll be dead, you know, so yeah. we want to uh, see him wrestle a little while longer. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> but yes, uh, you know, that's pretty fun. But okay, so that's the end of the G1, Luke. Yep. Um, You know, real quick, I do want to mention that I just went to an indie show this past week. Um, It was Unsanctioned Pro. It was actually two shows back to back on 1027 on your FM dial. FM dial. Um, but uh, it was that. But no, it was uh, two back-to-back shows. I got to see tons of my favorite people. It was so much fun. Uh, my buddy, our you know, friend of the show, Alexis Montez, uh, had a really Ooh. good night. Um, can't talk about it yet because the shit's not out. But it will be out on your favorite streaming service, IWTV. So watch that shit. And you get to hear me on commentary for the second show. And uh, I got to talk with the... That guy from CCW, Emil J. And uh, I don't know. I had a really, really fun time. It was a good, good time. And we sponsored a match that had like Calvin Tankman and Baka, Reed Bentley and um, Kevin Blackwood, who's been on AEW recently. Uh, we had uh, that match. And that Kevin Blackwood guy was pretty good. Some good wrestling, man, and some really fun stuff that I wish I could talk about. But I just had to throw that in there. You guys should check those those shows out. There's some, um, you know, our buddy Lexus Montez has a tremendous showing. And there is, like, 
a couple matches that are just, I mean, just fucking fantastic, man. So it was really fun. And uh, thanks to Unsanctioned Pro, tune in Sunday at 6 p.m. on IWC. Do it. I don't know if what Ooh. time it's on. I was just guessing. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, here we are. The final night, we are still at the Nippon Budokan. We do have a pre-show for some reason. Don't know why. Just like Everyone expects the shows to start with Young Lions matches, so you're not pissing anyone off by starting with Young Lions matches. It's normal. Why are you so worried about it? Why, why is it kind of... I don't know. It's, it's just like... Under, it's why, kind of why your skin for some part reason. Of the main show? Like, why did they have to do a pre-show, stop for 15 minutes, and then start the show up again? Like, why did I mean, they need to do it? You know what I think? I think it has something to do with the fact that for all these pre-shows... There's like nobody in the crowd. And then for the main show, there's like a million people. So maybe like the trains run a certain way, you know, or something like that might have something to do with that. You know, we like we had baseball in America and a lot of times the game starts seven ten because that extra 10 minutes just gives people time to like get home from work and then get to the fucking game. I think it's oh, stupid, yeah. but that might be why they're doing this. But then again, who cares? Fuck it. It's stupid. You're right. All right. Yeah, fuck, fuck New Japan. In fact, uh, well, no, trust. no, oh, no. Oh, okay, right. No, right. I like New Sorry. Japan. Oh yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> we've got Rio Iwa. But do you? Do you though? Yes. <laughs> Dude, this is our second time doing this episode. I love New Japan. Shut your face. <laughs> you know, we have a wrestler around here. His name is Hollywood Adam Swayze. And he has a gimmick where he'll do a move and he's like, you know what? I don't know. I think I can do better. And then he'll, he'll do a take two and then he'll do the move again. And it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty So we're funny. doing a take two. Doing a take two. Yeah, damn straight. And uh, here we go. We've got uh, Riohai, Iwa, and Kosai Fujita versus Yoshinobu Kanemaru and El Desperado. Look at the young lines, chess, the poor bastards. <laughs> but... Uh, from the previous night, but if uh, if Bushi and uh, Hiroma are all about just chopping and hurting the young lions and lot, giving them an education, Katamara and El Desperado are all like, um, fuck your legs, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, they like just torturing these poor guys in a completely different way than uh, the LIJ boys do. And uh, man, you sign up for this, young lions, this is what you're in for. And I hope you stick with it because uh, I really like both of you. So, uh, yeah, they get their asses kicked in. There's a brab by Kanemaru, which means it's well, what does it mean? I'll break that down for you in a second. But the, you know what they call this in the dojo? They call this the young lion total body workout. So, like, <laughs> you know, that's what they're doing here. All right. OK. OK. I got that joke out of the way. All right. So <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm really happy with myself there um but the uh so c block is what you're asking about because that's what everybody is wondering and you know we didn't talk about it yet but hiromu had gotten the pin uh with a brat on an earlier match that we talked about with some young lions uh because he was you know doing part of the body you know total body workout with him and uh you know because um we have uh, kanamaru stealing the win here you know from desperado he heard desperado backstage mumbling something about c block um, and he's like, oh, I'm going to fuck with him. I'm all drunk from Satori Surprise. I'm going to fucking surprise his ass. So he gets, the, <laughs> he gets the win, which means Desperado only gets one point. Hiromu gets two. They were tied. So Hiromu wins with X amount yep. of points. D-block. 
<laughs> with X amount of points. I can't That's remember. how many. Yeah. So look, I like, uh, I, I like, I don't like, I like this final night. Obviously, it ends heartbreakingly. And that's fine, but up and up until then, I had a good time with this night. But that starts at the second match because the first match hurts my brain grapes, and I'm just like, what? What is going on here? Uh, you've just had Great Khan, who's pretty much had his coming out party with, with this G1. Like, here I am, I'm awesome, and uh, yes, yes, you are, you're awesome. Jeff Cobb's just been like on a tear, just crushing everybody, looking amazing. Yes, 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 he's amazing. Now they're in the opening match of the last night of the G1, and they fucking lose. What are you doing? What is that? That just hurt my brain. I, all right, we're setting him up for World Tag League. Well, they just lost. And Nagata Yano is not like a typical tag team anyway. And I'm just like, this hurt my brain a little bit. And I'm like, are they setting up Great Khan versus Yano for the trophy? No, because Yano fucking wins. This is the only match that kind of hurts my brain a little. I mean, it's fine. But I was just like, man, why are you doing putting me straight in a grunt mode on your final night? Because I'm one of those weirdos who wasn't looking forward to the main event. And uh, and your opening match just kind of like hurts my brain a little bit. And I was like, I don't know what you're doing. But uh, other than that, I enjoy most of the rest of the night. I imagine you sitting in a chair, like, you know, and just you're, you're sitting there and your arms are uncrossed. But then when this happens, your arms, you just cross your arms and you start grumbling. And then you get your phone out and you start messaging me. And then you put your arms back crossed when you set your phone down. Because <laughs> um, I, I don't care who wins this. Who gives a shit? It doesn't matter. Ocon and Ocon just came off amazing runs in the G1. It doesn't – it's not like someone's going to forget. This is the most forgettable match ever. So, But I, I understand what you're saying. You would think Eugene Nagata is going to lose. He does not. He was like, shit, man, I got to protect my C block record. Even though this isn't C block, I still, still, I'm not, I'm not putting you over brother. And the next, <laughs> the next, <laughs> the next match is a lot more interesting. So let's talk about that. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, this is a match I have been really looking forward to, especially when people like, uh, they're saying this is the first time house of torture have teamed up as a team. I'm like, Oh my God, it is. Holy shit. I can't wait for this. So we've got the Chaos Boys, which is uh, what I call uh, Yoshihashi, uh, Tomohiro Ishii, and Hiroki Goto. They're the longest-running uh, never-open champions, six-man champs of all time. Uh, just put that into your brain, Mr. Andy. They're record-breaking. They're record-breaking yeah. champions. Yeah. Hiroki Goto. Hiroki Goto. Uh, record-breaking champion. Uh, but, yes, uh, and that's the House of Torture. So we've got Dick Togo on the side. But uh, we've got Yijiro Takahashi, Show and Evil. Oh, man, I had a good time with this. Uh, I kind of knew, had a feeling that uh, the hotties were winning. Uh, but, like, I I have dual fun watching these kinds of matches. Because... Uh, yep, what? Dual fun. Dual. Oh. D-U-A-L. It's oh, two times fun. Okay. Gotcha. Dual fun was probably not a good way to say it. <laughs> I have twice the fun else? during these match, matches. No, <laughs> I don't know what you thought I said, but let's uh, move on. Uh, so, because these matches or any of the House of Torture guys, just look at your twi- Twitter feed and it's like, oh, House of Torture. Oh, man, they're ruining show. Oh, I fucking hate evil. Oh, what is this group? They're the fucking lowest rung of the shit 
motherfuckers ever. And me, who uh, did some laundry the other day, and my uh, house of torture tea has still not fully dried, but uh, I went over, grabbed it, put it on, still clinging to me a little bit, took a photo, middle finger up, and I'm like, this is me reading all your reactions to House of Torture right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I hung it back up. Because I really liked this. And honestly, I was like, well, what does a House of Torture six-man kind of team look like? How do they operate when they do do their stuff? And for someone who didn't really do heel stuff for his first few years in New Japan Pro Wrestling, Shoryu has taken to this stuff like a duck to water. He's got a good teacher with both – good couple – Good teachers there with Evil Dick Togo and to a extent Ujiro, who's been cheating a lot. What, did, what was that? Duck call? Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought they worked really well. Uh, I think Yo's the uh, the chairman of the group because, uh, man, he just likes to mess people up with chairs. Hey, it's a, it's also a leaf out of Evil's book because he likes to do the same. But... Uh, he whacks uh, Ishii and Yoshihashi and then uh, sets up Yoshihashi for the everything is evil. And then Dick Togo, who's been doing everything to distract the ref, is just like, Oi, wake up. Are you okay? Come, come, come do this pin. Yeah, good, good job, ref, you fucking idiot. <laughs> so I had a great time with this. It's It sets up our new faction, which is what it needed to do. In a way that, like, when they were starting the United Empire, I feel like they weren't doing this kind of thing, like... It's their first few matches. Maybe we should start yeah. putting them over. It took them a while to start giving that team steam, but uh, they've uh, already started that with the House of Torture, which is uh, something I'm happy about. And it looks like we've got challenges to the six-man titles, which is pretty sweet. Well, you know, this is all because of how powerful Dick Togo is backstage. You know, he's like the he's so powerful that he can just like wave his hand and like chaos boys lose matches. You know what I mean? Just like that. <laughs> so it, it's it's crazy. Um, <laughs> um, this match is fun. I love Evil Show and I and I love the fact that he's picking a fight with Ishii because they yes. have great chemistry. Uh, they've had never matches before that have been awesome. And I really have enjoyed this version of Ishii where he just won't let it go. That's 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 Ishii. He's the guy at the bar that likes, you know, he's been there all fucking day and he's still like stewing about that guy that like bumped into him five minutes after he got there. You know, and he, just <laughs> won't, he won't let it go. Everyone's trying to have a good time. And Ishii's like that motherfucker. He fucking ran into me on purpose. I'm going to kick his ass. And you're like, yeah, he said that. He said that a bunch of times. It's been six hours, Ishii. Ishii won't let it go. So this bullshit that's going on between him and Sho, this ain't over. <laughs> and it will never be over until someone else pisses Ishii off, and then he'll go after them. So yes. uh, I look forward to that. That's going to be a lot of fun. And I, I like this. And I like that uh, – you know, your immature response to people hating this makes me so happy because I was thinking about that. And I was thinking, like, if people are ever wondering, like, like, how would like what are the the never open guys going to say about something or how are they going to react to it immaturely? That's yeah. the answer. <laughs> I'm uh, 39 going Every on time. Uh, 16 <laughs> still. So. <laughs> Oh my god! So yes, I was into that, and here we go. We've got a uh, another 
big ass tag match we have. Oh yes, but Luke. Yeah. Just before we talk about, I just want to let people know we were just joking around and stuff, but we have to get serious here because like, you know, people know about the big injury on this show, but they like people were not talking about like the the kind of like. <laughs> I don't know, the one that people aren't talking about, because maybe it's a little more serious than we know. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing. Oh, my uh-huh. God. Dude, because uh, I'm immature, but we got Tiger Mask, <laughs> Tomiyaki Hama, Togi Makabe, and Hiroshi Tanahashi versus uh, Bullet Club, which is uh, the family crown jewel dude, uh, Grills of Destiny, and Kenta. And, uh, yeah. So uh, when was the last time we saw Togi Makabe? Was it that time that he one best of super junior points or something like around then. Uh, so he's been away because he doesn't do G ones anymore. Uh, allegedly, but for some reason, uh, here he is taped up like Tai Chi, uh, with all of the tape. Why is he so taped up? Uh, I sent you the, uh, I sent you a photo of the biggest fucking burger I could find. I just Googled big burger, sent you the first photo. And I was like, uh, Mark Bay threw his back out eating this. <laughs> <laughs> yes um well my joke about this is that uh Makabe has clearly been injured in some unfortunate mayonnaise related incident and I, i'd like your imagination to run wild with what that incident might be <laughs> it's fucking mayonnaise there's not enough mayonnaise and you had to lift the whole burger back to the yeah dude uh, it could be that there's Anything, not yeah. enough mayonnaise. It could be that the mayonnaise is no good. It could be that they left off the mayonnaise, Luke. Motherfuckers. I, either way, he slipped on his way to go yell at somebody. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so this is a kind of fu- uh, fun match. And, uh, you know, we all we both knew there was only one of two people getting pinned in this whole match, right? was either Tiger Mask or Honma. And uh, I think they're tired of shitting on Tiger Mask because it's Honma's turn. And he gets crown jeweled by the, the family jewel dude. And after the match happens, all right. And it, it kind of makes sense because he did have win his first points against Tanahashi. But crown jewel man goes up to Tanahashi. He's like, I'm I'm going to chat. And then Kenta just cuts in front of him going, that stance is mine, bitch. And, and grabs the US title being like, I'm I'm going to challenge. And then family guy's like, but I want to fucking, but, but I, I beat, I beat the Tanahashis. And he's like, but I want the shot. And he's like, fine, I want a shot after you. And Kenta's like, yeah, whatever, fuck off. <laughs> so it's, look, at first, it hurt my brain because I'm just like, well, what about Tai Chi or Jeff Cobb? And then, obviously, World Tag League's coming up, and Tai Chi's going to be busy with Zack Sabre Jr., and maybe Cobb's going to be busy with uh, you know, Okan on the Cobb. But, uh, and so that left, like, Chase, right? Okada's not going to go for that title. He doesn't care about secondary belts. Uh, <laughs> but it's so, all right, I guess we're getting Chase again. And Kent is just like, no, we're not. Get out of here. It's, it's mine. Kenta turned face when he did that. <laughs> he's like, he's a baby face now. So. What a fucking jerk. The way you just kind of like cut in front of him is just like, nah, I'm challenging. Get out of here. But I beat him. I said, fuck off. Well, I'll challenge after you. I don't care. Get out of here. 
this uh, I, I'm happy that we're getting that. I'll talk about that here in a second. Just one quick note about the match. When um when I well two things one Tanahashi had to turn back to face uh, from heel so he took out some of the braids because he had heel level braids so he had yeah. to go back down to baby face level braids it's too braids and so uh you know I mean there's a certain amount and you know there's there's rules uh, to this and uh, anyway <laughs> that. <laughs> Also, people keep Irish whipping him, and it's fucking bullshit. Knock it off. Like, stop <laughs> doing that to Tanahashi. Especially the day after he had a huge match. That's when it's always yeah. like, come on, man. Don't do that to him. But, They're um, just trolling <laughs> him now. I, the, so Hanma in this match. Just get to see Hanma back, like Hanma. And at a certain point, he's on the ring apron and reacts to something that's going on in the Hello? came out of his mouth, his head, whatever, that said, hey, I want to tag in and get pinned. And uh, that's <laughs> exactly, I mean, like, it's like the motion of, hey, come tag me in so I can get pinned is like basically what his body language says. It's awesome. Yeah. He's and like, the Kabe's hungry. We better wrap this up. Tag me in. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he, he's, his like, okay, so we have like T cells and white blood cells and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, and we have to get that tested every once in a while, make sure our vitamin levels are good and stuff, our, our minerals. Um, but like Makabe, when he goes, he has like an extra line on his blood test and it's burger level. And so like if his, <laughs> if his blood, like burger level, it's, it's the BBL. If his BBL goes below a certain <laughs> level, he, he has to wear tape all over him for some reason. So like, it's like he... He gets bruises, so he has to pot. tape all those up. Right, so he's just, that's why he's all taped up. His BBL was low. Hanma's like, listen, brother, just tag me in. I'll take a pin. Let's go. We got to get some food yeah. in this guy. <laughs> Tiger Mask is like, yeah, you're taking the pin this time. Off. That's like, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Because okay. Tiger, Tiger's like, I'm not taking a pin for this. I'm sick of burgers. And Hanma's just like, yeah, well, I'm the only one that sticks with uh, my car base. So, uh I'm going to help him out. So, dude, here, here we are. Uh, I might we haven't talked made... about it at all. We haven't said anything about it. No, 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 no. But uh, so Zack Sabre Jr. comes out, and he's wearing white. It's uh, reminiscent, apparently, of a uh, white outfit that he wore uh, in 2017 before a match with a certain individual. So he's, he's coming out, and I think uh, everyone's pretty much thinking, like, oh, well, he's going to challenge Shingo, of course. Like, he pinned it. He, Tap the champion out. Didn't just pin it. He tapped him out, right? All right, cool. I'm up for that. And then uh, Chumpy's there. And you're just like, what the fuck are you doing there, Chumpy? Like, get out of the ring. What are you there for a promo for? And then... I'm like, okay. The Adams Family thing? No. It's like that that soft, beautiful riff at the start of Shibata scene. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah. But I love that I love that little riff and it's awesome. Uh, and something uh, magical, amazing, and special happens. Katsuyori Shibata comes out to the ring. He's looking at Zack Saber Jr. Zack Saber Jr.'s looking at him. I think Zack Saber Jr. is trying really, really hard not to smile because he's probably marking the fuck out. I think uh, he's he's everyone right now. Like we're all marking the fuck out. And then it's announced. Five-minute exhibition UFI rules match. 
And I'm just like, man, I don't like UFI rules, but I don't give a shit. Uh, I like that style in an actual match, uh, but not necessarily those kind of rules. But I don't even care. And you made this awesome comment that uh, I'll let you do that about Choppy when it's your turn to riff on this. But it's five minutes. I can't even tell you much of what they do. I'm just watching it with a big smile on my face the whole time. Uh, because this is the first time I've seen a live Katsuyori Shibata match. And it's only a five-minute exhibition. But I just I was so happy. Uh, I've watched quite a few of his matches, including what was his last match on uh, the world. So I've seen I've seen how just amazingly kick-ass awesome he is. But there's a difference between going back and watching a guy's work and then you know seeing them wrestle live as it happens. It's, it's just different. It, it just is. So the match kind of ends and. I don't care what happens in the match. I'm still smiling. I'm just so happy. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr.'s kind of going like, there's still another five. There's still another five. And that doesn't happen. So he leaves. Doesn't even challenge the champion. I think everyone's just like totally forgotten about that. Uh, that'll happen later. And uh, Shibata's like, uh, yeah, so next time I'm in the ring, I'm having a match. And drops the mic and kind of leaves. And Wow. <laughs> he takes a bump, too. He, yeah. he, he, it's like he forgot to do it. So he like sets the mic down and he's like, you're going to get out of the ring. And then he like, take, he's like, oh shit. And walks in the middle of the ring and just takes a perfect flat back bump and gets right back up. And that's what he had done when he like reemerged after, you know, the, the injury the first time. And he had said like, you know, I, I'm, I'm alive and that's all. And uh, he took a bump in the ring. So this is, a big deal. I, you know, we're removed from it now and I'm, you know, it's been a weird day and it's not like, like I have all these other things I have, I've been thinking about all day and it hasn't like other than in the moment, this hasn't quite sunk in how amazing this is because yeah, Shibata is one of the best pro wrestlers to ever live. And that's like, I mean, it's undisputed. He is unbelievably good, and having him return is a big fucking deal. We got a voicey email from Dave Howard a while back asking us about, like, what are some big things that could happen in the world of pro wrestling that are left, like the uh, CM Punk thing, and I think we talked about The Rock, and, you know, John Cena, and, and Stone Cold, and we may have even talked about Shibata coming back, but this is one of those things that's left yeah. in pro wrestling what capacity he's going to be back in. We don't know. And that's okay. I don't want to know. I just want this to be an amazing moment to happen. The match itself is awesome. They just fucking wrestle like the opening, you know, like the opening of a really, really good match where guys are just feeling each other out and doing amazing uh, mat wrestling. They just do that. There's no bumps. And so, yep. <clears throat> you know, this is incredible. Now, my theory on how this happened or why this happened is uh, maybe I'm reaching here, but I just I just really feel like because this was a surprise and this was looked like it was a surprise to everybody. I, it looked to me like it sounded to me like this was either a surprise to Kevin Kelly and and Chris Charlton yeah. or they were just going overboard to make it sound like it wasn't. I don't know. It's kind of hard to tell. It seemed like it was a surprise to them. So my yeah. point is, is that. It's almost like somebody watched Suzuki uh, versus uh, Brian Danielson, which is a match we need to talk about as well. 
this is a perfect opportunity to do it um where there's like two bumps in that whole match and like all the smart marks loved it you know and everybody loved that match it's a fantastic match it's like a ode to grappling you know that match it's incredible so like i think they saw that and they see hey you know that's a really safe match and fucking everybody loved it you know shibata's got to watch stuff like that and think to himself hey man it's got to be time when am i going to be able to do this because he's I, i'm sure he's been ready a long time yeah so, that's my theory that yeah. he's been ready for a while and new japan's is like well we don't want you to die on live tv right. so we're going to take this baby steps which is perfectly you yeah. know that's that makes perfect sense i'm not mad at him and I'm just glad we got to take another step, but this one was not a baby step because he just fucking wrestled a match. Now, it, it, two things about it that were observations I had. One was that it, you know, it was a time limit draw, and towards the end of the match, it seemed to look like that, you know, Shibata had Zack Saber Jr. Like he had him. He was like wrapped up and had him in the like whatever I don't know whatever octopus thingy. And so like mm-hmm. uh, he was about to win the match, time limit, so the timing was great. Was fucking awesome, and uh, the other thing was Ref Chumpy. You mentioned he was in the yes. ring, and you were like, "What's he doing there?" He didn't know either, um, and he, <laughs> we could see it in his eyes. You know, if you just look in his eyes, you can see what he's thinking. And, and Ref Chumpy was thinking this whole match: "Don't let me have to do anything, please, because I don't know what I'm doing." Because he doesn't know what the UWFI rules are. He doesn't know what <laughs> any of this shit is, and he's just like, "Uh." <laughs> Okay, th- time's up, time's up, you know. He's <laughs> oh, like, you thank God. Theory I loved it. I was just like, as soon as I heard that theory, I was just like, oh my God, you are correct, sir. Yes. That's a fact. Uh, That's not theory. Look, can you just <laughs> just keep doing that? and uh, Please. Please, please, yes. I, don't make it so I have to actually do something in this. in this. Because uh... <laughs> he wouldn't know what to do. He might just yeah. start counting and then go to the outside and start arguing with him and come back in the ring and start counting again. Chumpy's <laughs> like, no one wants to see me doing anything anyway. So, uh, <laughs> he, yeah, it was awesome. And uh, how do you follow that? Uh, I guess you do it with some pure, unadulterated, silly fun uh, because that's what we're going to get. We got... Uh, uh, Taguchi, Reisuke Taguchi, and Master Wato, the Ass Masters, with Tenkozi, Tsuyoshi uh, Tenzan, and Satoshi Kojima versus uh, LIJ, uh, Shingo Takagi, Fushi Sanada, and Hiromu Takahashi. And this is what I call the, uh, <laughs> the Mongolian Chop exhibition match because uh, there's so many different kinds of attempts of uh, Mongolian Chops, which which makes me fucking laugh. And uh, Another thing that made me laugh about this match, uh, I'm just cutting straight to the end here, but uh, uh, Tenzin's put up for the the last of the dragon. He he gets out of it, and then the match ends with him taking a pumping bomber, uh, which which, which, uh, makes me think like he was just like, no, I'm not taking last of the dragon. And... (laughs) Okay, what about Made in Japan? No, I might as well take Last of the Dragon. I'm not doing that either. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess you're taking the Pumping Bomber then. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, but just yeah, one. I bet. Yeah, just one. I'm like, what are you, a fucking young lion? What are you doing? What are you doing? You know, no, he's tense you know, on. He's just like, I'm only 50, man. I'm taking this easy tonight. Get out of here. Uh, no one cares what I do in this match anyway. Fucking Shibata just wrestled for five minutes. Like, <laughs> you know, thank God. Up. I mean, thank God nobody hit him with his own move. 
You know, <laughs> he, he could oh have been God. killed. Every wrestler in this match does Mongolian chops. All of them. <laughs> oh <laughs> this is, uh, another spot I really like is when uh, right, Sonata's in the corner. Machine gun chops. Bushi comes to stop that. Uh-uh. Machine gun chops. Hiromi comes to stop that. Uh-uh. Triple stacked uh, machine gun chops. I love those kind of spots. And every time Mr. Brad does something like that, too. Yeah, I always time. love the, the third guy that wanders over like, hey, wait a second. Whoa! You know, <laughs> the third guy always has something to say. You know what I mean? Like, cause it, the, the second guy is like, OK, you know, it's understandable that maybe he's just wandering over there to actually help. But the, the third guy's like, what? What is he doing there? So he has. <laughs> um, I, I really like the spot where like everybody's in the pool, everybody's doing their, their finishers or whatever. <laughs> and, and, and so it's like guy, guy gets up, gets hit. Then, uh, you know, guy that got the hit, <clears throat> he hits the next guy, then he gets hit by something. Then it goes on like that. But then in the middle of that, Taguchi gets his turn on Sonata and he goes for his like, you know, his, his hip attack, but he just mit- whiffs because Sonata just walks out of the way. But then somebody hits Sonata, then Sonata falls down, and then somebody gets in and hits that person, and Taguchi just sits there going, "Man, I didn't get to get my shit in." And uh, these guys did all he hit knew- a single person with his ass. No, I don't think he did at any point. It no. was awesome. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it was fun, and these guys knew what they were doing. They were all like going real hard and like being real like loud, you know, like like they were all like doing the Yoshihashi wrestling. And so like um Hiromu and Taguchi in particular just start the match out just by screaming at each other, which really like got the crowd into it the way they did it. And it was like, okay, well, who was Shibana again? Oh, these guys. Okay, I remember. Um, I don't know. I like the I like this a lot. This is like one of those ones that I might randomly recommend five years from now, you know what yeah. I mean? Just because of the, the kind of nostalgia of this cool little tag match. I liked it. Yeah. And it's sandwiched between a five minute exhibition match and the final of the G1. So pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So here we go. Uh, we start off. Uh, oh, don't start off. We finish off uh, rather with Kota Ibushi versus Kuzushko Carter. And I'm not going to lie, uh, the mismatch starts off in a way that's not to my taste. So I'm just like, yep, I kind of expected that. And then son of a bitch, it turns out these two guys are actually pretty good fucking pro wrestlers because I'm just like, I went from, yeah, let's get this over with to, holy shit, what what are they doing? This is amazing. So, you know, they, they drew me in. It's the G1 final, I guess. I'm caught up in it. And I'm like, son of a bitch, I'm actually invested in this. This is awesome. Didn't really care who won, I guess, but uh, I'm enjoying the match. That's something, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm, I'm, I'm all in for this. This is great. Got to come a goya. Awesome. Things are getting fucking crazy. And and then it happens. So it's, it's a spot that happens in every wrestling match, like well, that has people who do top rope spots. Uh, someone's laying down, guy goes to the top, he does the move, but the guy either gets his legs up or rolls away, and the guy doing the flip or whatever eats the eats the uh, canvas. Happen, you've seen a million of that, those. Well, this time, this time, man, it, Ibushi does it, and he lands, and the crowd's like, oh, everyone's like, oh, shit. Okada's sitting in the corner, just being like, oh, shit. 
Ibushi's not moving. Uh, Red Shoes goes to check up on Ibushi, and Ibushi's not moving. This is not selling, man. This is this is big ouchie. And uh, Red Shoes calls for the bell, and Okada's music plays. Okada's just won the G1 ref stoppage, and yeah, so uh, a G1 that started with an injury uh, of Tetsuya Naito, it ends with an injury with uh, Kota Ibushi. It's absolutely devastating. Um, now, I, I, I think you've said this before. I think we both agree. We think Okada was winning this. But we would have, obviously, would have, would have rather the extra. It felt like they were ramping it up. It was like 25 minutes or something like that. So I, uh, the G1 finals usually go over 30 minutes, but not not too far over, if that makes yeah. sense. So I reckon we had a good 10, maybe 15 minutes, hell, maybe even seven, I don't know, to, to go for this match before it ended. Uh, and yeah, just and before I, you jump in with with your thoughts on this, I really like Okada here because yeah, you went to check on him on Ibushi, like it's it's one of your biggest shows of the year, and this guy just like yeah fuck kayfabe, I'm gonna go check on Ibushi, see how he is. Really appreciated that uh, Shingo came up. Uh, I don't think he went into the ring, but he he came out. And, I think he was at commentary anyway, so just to check on things. Okada's just like waving into young lines. Oh, get get the fuck in here. Check 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 him out. All this kind of stuff. It's devastating. It's definitely not the way you want to win a G1 or or have a G1 to finish. But uh, wow, yeah. Uh, whew. I tell you what, it's um it's made it one of the most memorable G probably the most memorable <laughs> G1 I've ever watched. Yes, that's the the infamous G1 anti-climax. You know, that's yeah. kind of what we got going on here, right? So, uh, obviously, this is a huge disappointment, and it sucks for everybody. This doesn't just suck yep. for Bushi. This sucks for everybody. I mean, you, we, like, legit, you got to feel bad for Okada here, too. Oh, hey, and, hey. obviously, you know, I mean, Bushi Can't is a, a trick, any. He He is snake bit with this shit and like every time he gets on a roll he gets hurt now and that sucks and i hope that's not gonna be his legacy because guys like that don't last and i want to see him wrestle forever because he's just one of the best there is and so i'm sad to see he's got that hiromu mentality doesn't he yes he's got the one thing and and that's the thing is that this match was headed for insanity i mean they were going there and then this is one of the reasons you know, okay, listen, injuries happen, right? Are they more likely when you're kind of going at this kind of outrageous pace where you're spinning so fast that you like break your fucking arm? You know what I mean? Like it, it's yes. And that's kind of the speed that Ibushi goes. Now it's none of my business what speed he goes or however he wants to wrestle. I love Ibushi. I love how he wrestles. I love that he's usually so good at doing the magic trick that I don't, think he's getting hurt and i know he's not mm. but he looks like he is you know in this case you know what sucks about this is that like he puts his arm down to try to like catch his you know his fall you know as you would do on a bump but he's going so fast he's kind of coming in crooked that he comes down hard on one arm and he may have broken his wrist and had his shoulder out of socket because he's holding his wrist the whole time 
And that seems to be where he yeah. seemed because they they showed this like it was a sports injury. They just fucking got the cameras right in there and they're like trying to get as much footage as they can. Kind of messed up, but that's what they do in sports. So I get it. But uh, and then the doctor's coming and they're working on his shoulder, you know, so like it's bad news for him and it fucking sucks. I'm sad um, and I'm sad for Okada. Now, we were sad for Okada, Luke, um, but mm-hmm. let me just read to you a couple things that Okada said after the, the show, because we've had an opportunity to um, look into a few things, I think, like since the show ended. Uh, and also there's no update on Abushi's injury. It's just an arm injury is what they're saying. So, um, okay. Okada was asked about like, um, you want, it says something like you, you wanted Abushi once again, and then there's something about the belt. Can you explain what exactly you meant? I guess it's something he said in the ring. It's kind of translated poorly, but he says there's, uh, the fourth generation belt, IWGP belt and another one. Abushi was the one that brought them together. I don't plan on calling myself the IWG heavy IWGB heavyweight champion per se, but I should be holding that belt as proof of what I've done and my promise to face Ibushi. I'm champion in the G1 Climax after all. Usually guys have a briefcase with them, right? It's so different. I can have a contract as well. And then they ask, they say, uh, do you plan on challenging Shingo Takage, the current champion? Okada says, challenge me? For the I and he says, yeah, for the championship. And Okada says, no, he should challenge me. I'm the champ now. He isn't. Oh. Okay, we got some cocky Okada up in here. Now, yeah. Do you know what else happened? No. So he was interrupted by Tomatonga, and uh, Tomatonga challenged him for the briefcase. Of course. Ah. Uh. The first time we did this uh, was straight after the G1 had finished. That's and right. uh, that was my theory. It's just like, well, what do you do next? Well, Tamatonga's going to, he's the only one who beat him in the G1. So uh, he's going to challenge. Yeah, of course he would. Uh, it's going to be another good match. And he's obviously going to lose this time. But uh, yeah, good. Uh, also, because he'll be busy uh, later on with World Tag League. He's got a. Uh, I guess a title to defend because they won last year. Right. Yeah. So oh, that's man. interesting, huh? I mean, so we got a yeah. bunch of story movement. Um, no, no updates on like what power struggle is going to be yet, but I would assume we're going to get some uh, announcements about that. Probably as soon as we hit stop on the recording uh, device, uh, you know, here, but power struggle starts next week. Um, yeah. And uh, no, no post G1 break. <laughs> yeah, <you. laughs> nothing. I mean, we get like two days and then whammo, three to, three shows in a row. So, but there'll be short ones. I'm sure there'll be like four or five matches and they'll be just kind of shitty tag matches. They'll be fun. So uh, we'll yeah. return to form. So our format's going to change back to our regular format, which will be more goofy shit. And we got some match recommends for you today to go ahead and sure get started do. on that. But, um, what did you think of the G1, Luke? I mean, what are some, mem- you know, maybe memories about it that you like? Maybe some memorable matches or moments? What do you think? All right. So uh, I just want to straight up mention, like, straight away, Great Khan. Uh, he lost most of his matches. <laughs> and some of his best matches he fucking lost. I loved his match with Zack Sabre Jr. Amazing. 
I loved his match with Kenta. It was incredible. Same with his match against Kota Ibushi and Shingo Takagi. Just pretty much all his matches. Oh, my God. Because he brought something new and different to each one. And he was just so such just non-quantity. We didn't know what to expect all the time. But we knew to expect one thing. And that was awesome, awesome wrestling. Uh, Tamatonga. It's the best I've ever seen of him ever. And he's got some awesome move combo things like that SRC uh, Supreme Flow kind of thing going on. That's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> man, I know his points aren't that high, but they've set up Taichi as this believable baby face, which is fantastically cool. Uh, they've It feels like they're fully behind some, some guys that you want to be fully behind. Kenta just fucking crushed it. Uh, Shingo, I don't know if I have a favorite match of the tournament or anything like that, but there's a lot of guys who whose matches I, I kind of had a great time with. I think for me, I like A Block a little more in terms of, of, of things, but yeah, it was just everyone also pulled out some cool shit. Like even like Yujiro's doing suicide dives and stuff, like. Tonga Loa, and I know I shit on him. He's pulling out stuff I've never seen. Uh, Goto's pulling out moves he hasn't used in ages. Uh, you know, all this kind of stuff. It was just really good to see. It felt like a G1. Uh, of course, we had the unfortunate thing with Naito and stuff. So I'm going to remember this one probably more than G1s I might like more, probably because of some of the tragedies in it. But the, the match quality was top-notch most of the time. And, yeah, uh, um, I'm rambling a bit now, but it was it was great shit, man. What do you think? A uh, bunch of bullet points. You know, Zack Sabre <laughs> Jr. had an incredible yeah. G1. Um, yeah. You know, tai, tai Chi's like my favorite wrestler now. Fucking love Tai Chi. And he was great before. Now he's like super great, ultra great, ultimo yeah. great. Um, he's just my fucking dude. Uh, it's amazing. One of the things that's kind of incredible usually about the G1 is that guys don't get hurt seriously usually in it, even though they're going so hard. And that's kind mm-hmm. of like a testament to your toughness as a wrestler. Like, hey, I wrestled in the G1. Like, that's a f- like that's not just saying, it. hey, yeah. yeah, it's a big fucking deal. So, like, that's kind of the miracle of it is that, like, guys usually make it all the way through. And so the fact that two guys didn't make it all the way through one, just barely, you know what I mean? It's just, you know, it sucks and it sucks, but I mean, it's kind of something that's going to happen every once in a while. You know what I mean? It's a shame that it happened twice in the same year and the way it happened, but God damn, I mean, this, this will be memorable, not for good reasons necessarily. However, I'll never forget the Tai Chi's run in, in this match versus Tanahashi that we just watched. Um, Zack oh Sabre God. Jr. versus Yano was another just tremendous fucking comedy <laughs> match. That shit was awesome. Kenta had so many good matches. And it all comes back to the guy that kind of was the standout performer of the G1, and that is uh, Great O'Conn uh, slash yeah. Jeff Cobb. You know what I mean? You could say both of them. Uh, yep. But I would say Great O'Conn gets the edge just because he brought such a variety to things. Um, my God. Like his match with Zack Sabre Jr. was amazing. His match with Kenta was amazing. Um, he had some really, really good ones and some really just like unique stuff. And he wears that fucking cool ass hat. 
Oh my god! Remember when? Uh, my one of my favorite moments. And I knew you'd love it straight away. <laughs> Kenta wearing Greater Khan's hat. The Greater Khan, like, I know we were saying how. By the way, everyone, all wrestlers do the same shit all the time, and Greater Khan can as well. But there's still an element of like, I have no idea what this guy's pulling out today, and uh, I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As the kids yeah. say. Are we allowed yep. to say that, or do we have to say as the kids say afterwards? Uh, it, it makes you sound older if you just say as the kids say. It's like when you're watching a sci-fi show and they do that annoying trope of like, it's like that human expression. And I'm just like, oh, for God's <laughs> sakes. Don't you have expressions in your culture? Like, get out of here. What are you doing? Luke, we will give you two of your Earth hours to think about it that's what it always says or like you know you have two of your earth hours that's what the leak the, the <laughs> yeah that's the same shit. <laughs> it's funny i like that anyway all right so uh g1's over it's fucking awesome yeah. thank you guys so much for uh listening to us talk about it Hell yeah. and uh you know taking this ride with us we, it was uh fun and we're back on the horse like in a couple days but in the meantime, we got match recommends once again, oh, yeah. Luke. What is your match recommend for next week on 1027 on your FM dial? <laughs> it's always 1027 with you. That must be a real station where you are. Um, it is, yeah. <laughs> it's WEBN, the lunatic fringe of American FM, which is where Dean Ambrose got his nickname. Oh, no shit. So <laughs> my recommend, I have not finished maxing the max. I made a few complaints during the G1 Climax. <laughs> And it, people are like, yeah, no shit. No, no, uh, uh, not those complaints. But I'm, one one I made was like, uh, I would like to watch in its entirety the G1 Climax 20. I don't know why. Well, I do know why, because I love Mr. Bread. Uh, that's that's the reason. And uh, that's his G1. It's a G1 Climax 20, happened in 2010. Only match I could find of it on New Japan World is the final which is Satoshi Kojima versus uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi. So it's August 15, 2010, Ryogoku, G1 Climax 20, Bread versus the Ace. <laughs> I like that. It's, uh, you know, the Ace of the Universe versus the uh, leader of Bread Club. I mean, only <laughs> in professional wrestling can you get shit like that. You know what I mean? It's amazing. So, uh, okay, that's yours. I can't wait to watch that because Young Kojima is awesome. And uh, mine is uh, kind of breaking a little bit of a rule, but if you guys don't say anything, I won't. Um, and that is, uh, it's Halloween time, and I have to recommend this match because it's just one of those goofy matches that I love. And maybe you've never seen it before if you're out there, and it's really fun. But it does involve a guy that we don't like and a guy we don't want to talk about, but you know, whatever, you just kind of got to put up with it sometimes for the joy that this match can bring you. And that is on October 30th, 2016, the year that I watched New Japan a lot, apparently. Um, and uh, <laughs> it is Road to Power Struggle uh, from Kurgan Hall. We got Kazuchika, Kazuchika Okada, Gato, and some dude versus Kenny Omega. Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks, and uh, this is a really fun, goofy Halloween and themed match. So it's 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 spooky. Nice. Uh, yeah. So uh, I've jokingly said to you that 
I started watching New Japan in 2017, but I feel like I've watched uh, most of 2016 just from the recommend, <laughs> which is uh, no insult because it's all been good stuff. So, yeah. I, I, that was a good year, yeah. man. Yep. All right. Well, two G1s. Thanks to everyone who's been with us all the time. Uh, thanks to people who haven't and have decided, hey, let's give these guys a chance and see what they're about. Hopefully yeah, you but- liked it. Not as much thanks. As yeah, the other you don't get as much. If you've been here for the whole time, you get like a hundred percent thanks. Yeah, <laughs> All, that's right. And uh, depending on how much you listen to, it is also dependent on the degree of thanks that you get. That's just this. Them's just the rules. <laughs> that's Do you think Desperado's getting two points for C Block if he doesn't get the pin? <laughs> no. See, <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> 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 if you're touching the ropes, you're out of the ring. And, that's you know, it. I mean, it's just the way it is. So, <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Inbred, we trust. Professionalism is your job.